In a world filled with cork towers, cloud fiestas, and unpainted grass tufts. Two immensely underrated, underappreciated, and completely unqualified men find their way into the world of goody peepees. In that world filled with tendies, meat and potatoes, and dew suckers, we have found ourselves at... Trapped under plastic. The podcast for the miniature hobby enthusiasts. Oh, most enthusiastic. Welcome. 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 Uh, la- last episode, the energy was so high. Yeah. So high. We, we can't to- follow that up. I don't know. I think that was all time high. Right. We need to, s- we need to like snort some pixie sticks. <sighs> get this sucker rolling. Okay. That probably burn a lot. Do you know in movies when they need to sub in cocaine for a prop, they snort uh, dehydrated milk, like the powder, a lactic something. I can't remember what it's referred to, okay. but it's what you take and you add water to it and it makes milk. Yeah, powdered milk. Powdered milk. That's a much <laughs> faster way to say it. Uh, that, it's not that. So when it get like, you'd snort it and like it gets stuck in the back of your throat and like an hour later you'd cough and it tastes like funk milk. Funk milk, yeah. Filk. I didn't know that. I was. I wanted to do a bit in a in a video one time where I was snorting coke, and I was like, "Oh, what do they do in Hollywood?" Okay, that's what they do. So if you ever need to do that, there, <laughs> there or you just go. get some coke. Dude. Yeah. This is a lot easier. A lot easier ways to go about. It makes the production very interesting, and needing to do multiple takes of that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I need a, I need a seventh take, Don. <laughs> Got to load up another line. Look, we're not sleeping. We're out of dime bags. Okay. Woo. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about some. <laughs> Let's talk about some preamble ramble. Preamble ramble. Uh, uh, okay. Do you want me to go first? I, I do want you to go first. The hot pink mishap. You told me... Okay, so I'm in the midst of doing a hot pink paint comparison right now. Right now. And you recommended me a product from Golden... Their High Flow Acrylics. Yeah, High Flow. Did you know they make a bottle of that? That's like fucking massive. Oh. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, like 32 ounces. <laughs> it's Woo. huge. I got a small one. Uh, and I used it... I had another paint hangout with my kill team buddies, and one of them uh, wanted a hot pink spot color for some LEDs. So he painted them all white and then airbrushed them pink. So it was out at my desk, um, and uh, I was cleaning up uh, the next morning oh, uh, no. to use the desk, and I, uh, I picked it up. Oh, no. And it's like high flow. It's got a little ball bearing in there, so it's kind of fun to shake. It is. <laughs> oh, no. I see where this is going. <laughs> so I shook it, and it was not closed. <laughs> and I got pink. Um Luckily, I obviously caught it immediately and was able to clean it off my floor, but my carpet and other things in the area were not so lucky. <laughs> you can't really clean out acrylic products. Uh, so yeah, I got some hot pink spots in various areas in my workshop now because of that, that little mishap. So now, whenever you turn the lights off because it's fluorescent, you're going to see the little pink trails oh, yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's like a murder scene. So when did this happen? Was this just the uh, other day? Two, three days ago. Two, three days ago. So I have one that just happened last night in Uh an eerily similar fashion. Uh Uh-oh. So, you know, sometimes your paint bottles get a little bit cloggy-clogged with the lid. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so what a smart person does is you have have the trusty baby pin. I use a baby pin. Other people can use other things. Oh, what's a baby pin? Safety pin. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, And so you just... You put the pin in there to get the clog out. I use an old airbrush needle. Yeah, that's that's a good one, too. Uh, That's what smart people do. But certain people are too impatient. And so when you tip the bottle over and you begin to do the squeeze, <laughs> the squeeze. and it uh, doesn't come out, you got one of two options. 
Mm-hmm. Option the first, you go get your pin, you unclog it. Option the second is you squeeze harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's the third option here. You can take the nib off. And usually yeah. there's like wet paint on the bottom of that attachment. You just kind of dab yeah. it on your palette. Yeah, this is going into an airbrush pot too. So oh, like, yeah, you can't do that. So I'm like, well, we're at an impasse, boys. So what are we doing? <laughs> we squeeze harder. <laughs> and what typically will happen if you squeeze hard enough and the clog is there is that whole top will shoot off like a rocket. Yeah. And my entire airbrush area, it was covered in this green paint. <laughs> and it went... And then in, it's like some kind of ricochet from going into the airbrush cap, shot it all on my face. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, and I sat there and I'm like... This is so intense. It's never having me. I was like... You know, I did this to myself. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, and I just pushed through anyway. So lesson uh, learned. Uh, yeah, don't don't do that. Don't do that. I've done something similar, but it has not ricocheted into my face. Uh, this is the first time I did it to an airbrush cup. For safety reasons, use goggles if you're going <laughs> to you're going to push through. Um, yeah, uh, this is the third time I've done that. The third time? The third time I've done that. And has it ricocheted in your face all three times? No, no, no. Okay, okay. Usually it's going on the wet palette, and then it just explodes across the whole wet palette. Yes, yes. I should know. I knew it was going to happen, but I was too frustrated to, like, not just do it, so. Yeah, I understand. I am a lazy person, and I don't like to spend time doing things that I don't care about, so I would definitely squeeze that until it milked. (laughs) Squeezed it. 3D printing is a goddamn mess. Yeah. John, of course it is. Everyone knows this. It's a fr- I Did just, you just, just figure this out right now? No, I no. didn't just figure it right now, but it's it's come to my attention. You were, you were reminded. Reminded, and I hadn't printed in a while. And I bought one of those uh, flexi plates. Have you heard what about Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, yeah, so that you can flex them so the things pop off easier. Which works like a charm. Is it a? Is it made by Anycubic or the brand? No, it's a third party thing. No, third party thing. Okay, okay. And that's a. Uh, I can't remember. Nova something was the company I got it from, and they have different sizes to whatever kind of printer you have. Mm-hmm. And it's just basically a magnet that you. It's got a very sticky side to it, and then you stick it to your build plate, and then the other lids or whatever. I don't know. Plates, new plates are magnetic, and they just stick to that, and you can get two, three of them. So if you're like going to do a couple of things in a row you can pull the whole magnetic thing or the metal sheet off put and slap a new one in and i'm having a bit of trouble with adherence to that though i think it's like too smooth um it's like i was printed a full plate full of stuff and half of the stuff had fallen off and the other half printed fine i'm like hold hold like after a 12 hour print during the print it fell off yeah that always sucks cuz then <laughs> It's just printing something in midair, and yep. then like you're then then you have to like reclean out all like your vat and stuff. Yeah, it blows. Yep. But uh, so as I'm cleaning out all this stuff and like this process of my big jug of ISO and dunking and scrubbing, and then going back and putting into warm water, getting the getting all the supports off, and going back and redunking and just resin touching resin all over the place. I just hate it. So I broke down and ordered a washing cure station. Okay. It hasn't arrived yet, but I'm hoping that solves all the world's problems. Yes, anyway. as products are known to do. Yes, yeah. that it will. Not, it will now go from being a dreadful experience to a completely pleasant one. 
Yeah, that that has a real possibility of being able to do that. Um, I tried to lampoon uh, Frozen into giving me one because they recently sent me one of their 4K printers. And I was like, you should send me a curing station too. They're like, you got to do another video. No, they they sent me a curing station, but not a washing station. So I was like, okay, I still got to do the cleaning fire. Oh, there's um, t- there should be, there's just in a two-in-one? I don't know. I guess not. Obviously, yeah, I mean, I'm lucky in the first place to be able to, be able to get the stuff for free. Um, but yeah, I still got to clean it. And I have an ultrasonic cleaner, which I feel like doesn't doesn't work. I feel like the resin is just too sticky and viscous for an ultrasonic cleaner to really vibrate off all that stuff. Yeah, it needs to be a more intense vibration, I think. An ultrasonic is meant to be like very subdued, but just at a very high frequency. Yeah, and the kinds of things that it takes off are like dried particles. I don't know. I I don't know if like one is stickier than the other, but I feel like whenever I take it out of the ultrasonic cleaner, there's still like a residue or a film on it that I can wipe off with paper towel. Or I, and there needs to be some kind of abrasion to get mm. it, that gooey stuff off. So I don't know. I don't. So what is the what does the washing station do then to get it off? How does that work? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is like you know, people out there probably have these, but it's got a big tub and it's got a basket, and then like you put all the stuff, all your printing off things in the basket and you put it in there and you put the lid on it looks just like almost just like the 3d printer mm-hmm. um and then i don't know if it shakes it or what okay you put a little spin cycle it's like a little washing machine yeah, it's like, <laughs> woo, woo, woo. yeah. and then in that same thing it's got the row of halo of lights and stuff with the little lazy susan in there and mm-hmm. then you put it on there to, to cure it the curing yeah. stuff is not that big of a deal i read a an article recently because joshua lie sent it to me about how curing prints in water is the most effective way to do it because of the way that uv light refracts and reflects through water i don't know i, don't, I didn't like understand the full science behind it but that's another main benefit of that washing curing station is that you get a more effective cure well i don't know if you're supposed to put the well, I mean, I think you take them out of the jug by that point. I'm what? assuming I fill it full of ISO for the actual washing part. But if you, I don't want to like empty out all the alcohol and then fill it full of water and put it. Oh back no, in. sorry. I I, uh, I don't know if it needs to actually be like H2O. Li- oh, liquid curing. Liquid curing. I could say. be wrong. Maybe it needs to be water. Um, but I don't know. You didn't read the article very thoroughly. I did not, and it was like, like I don't know, like three months ago. <laughs> Joshua, it was it was whenever we were making the pie plinths for. Oh yeah, because he sent me an article about that, and as I tried curing it in water, remember you came over, I had them in like a little jug in front of the window. Yeah, window jugs. Window jugs. That is can't it. live without them. All right, or is the cyborg hunting business? All right, so about every other year, we were we go to Wyoming. Oh, okay. My dad, my brother, and and a family friend, and. Um, to go antelope hunting and we were going to go last year and obviously we didn't because of COVID. So we're going this year. We've got it all scheduled for early October. And I realized something like, well, we're like a hundred miles from civilization uh, in the middle of nowhere. And I'm a cyborg that requires batteries, (laughs) right? Like I, I can't have my phone die for a long period of time. I can't have my pump die. I'm like, how am I going to deal with this? And uh, there's so much stuff that you can buy these days. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if I can find a solar-powered uh, USB charger. You know, because you can buy those, like, USB chargers. You plug them in. It gets full of juice. And then you can plug your phone in from anywhere. Yeah, they call it battery. Are they? Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's got a USB plug-in. That's a <laughs> rechargeable battery. <laughs> yeah. 
And they make these. They make it. You just like unfold like a like an old map, and it just soaks it up, and then you can recharge all your stuff. Are you telling me that you're gonna have a satellite attached to your person? Yes. Now you truly are a cyborg. Yes. <laughs> I need I need sunlight to survive. You're if right. it's cloudy, I'm fucked. <laughs> Um, but how this relates to the hobby (laughs) (laughs) it's preventing me from painting yes so I have to figure out what my angle is for a video out there but I will be collecting and bringing back the wild sagebush which is the the best freaking basing stuff Uh, yeah dude bring me some I'll bring a big old a big old tub full heck yeah dude so we'll have all sorts of goodies so I'm like what's my angle of doing this I did an outdoor basing video, one of my first videos. It did freaking terribly, so I don't want to do that. But I'm going to bring a camera and take footage um, and that kind of stuff. But I don't I don't know. i got to figure out an angle. I have a question for you about video making. Yeah. So a lot of your videos, I believe all of them, start with a skit of some kind. Yes, they do. Is that becoming a bit of a burden to you, having to think of a bit? I thought it would. Okay. I was really like, you know, like 10 videos in. I was like, oh, gosh, eventually this is going to going to go a crack and then i'm just gonna like not do it on one and then i'll just be like ah, never doing it again yeah but it's not it's it, that's good because it's the most fun part <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's the most fun part like it's not the most fun part of like the hobby but it's to me it's the most fu- fun part of the video making process okay so if i can get some momentum with doing something that i really have fun doing then it kind of glides me through the rest of it sure or it gives me just enough momentum to not just stumble and hate and be like, screw it, I'm just publishing this. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, like my video that's coming out a week from to week from today as of this recording, I have no idea what the skit's going to be. I have no idea. And it's just going to come to me in theory. It's going to come to me at some point. What do you got there? One last item for the preamble ramble. Seeing these stickers on the desk reminded me of the fact that my Echoes of Camelot Kickstarter was finally... Camelot! Um, <laughs> that was beautiful. I uh, was finally fulfilled. Oh, look at these cute little boxes. So I got a copy of Sir Percival and uh, Guinevere. Can I shake them? Yeah, give them a shake. <laughs> See if you can tell what's inside. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. I thought... I, I This looked familiar, this sticker... That's they look like they both look like vampires from the stickers. That's Uther, Pendragon, and Mordred. Oh, so you got stickers, but none of the ones that you got. Um, I like the Percival comes with multiple heads, which is pretty, pretty, di- oh, uh, pretty yeah. dope. Also, I got a bonus thirty-two mil boy in there as what? well. What? Oh, this is my jam right here. Look at that. Yeah, that guy's pretty sick. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about painting these. I like King Arthur. I've always liked King Arthur. Stiff. Yeah, that is. Gosh, the 32 is so crisp. Yeah, it's I nice. love this. I love this. Okay. Congrats to you. I'm sure you'll paint them this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I do not paint my miniatures. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Speaking of, uh, let's talk about what we painted. Right? That's what we do next. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's what we do. Shall I go first? Shall, shall you? No, you go first. Okay. I painted Gloria Van Elton Third. I finished him. Uh, the third streaming sesh she got done. Got her done. Uh, That's like a world record for you for finishing a model. Oh, yeah. streaming sesh. I think it's because I also painted it. My wife has been painting canvas stuff recently in the evenings. And while she does that, I also paint minis. Uh, so yeah, I was doing it in those seshes as well. So I got a few extra seshes in. I was session with the boys. I mean, no, not with the boys, with the girls. 
with the girl, my wife. Well, two girls and one guy, if you count Bullet and Crusher. So yes. you could say the girls. Okay, yeah. The, the fam. The fam. Okay. And so I got to get him. So get him. Entertain. All right. So uh, last night, um, I was watching. Okay, you can be done. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with that paint job. Um, one thing I didn't realize about doing snow bases was that the Olfen watch and the zombies and the dire uh, bats, uh, fell bats, will all, all have snow bases. And presumably, I'll want to use them in my SVG army, <laughs> which don't have snow bases, but they do have swampy bases and so i think i might be able to swing a mixture of snow and melty snow it's like kind of springtime thing yeah um with the olfen watch and also with my army because there i haven't done that many bases i'm like i don't know like 20 um to kind of get them to match up but back to him really happy with him i like the look um seeing the two together is really it was really nice and i'm gonna go on to the third one which is i believe the witch hunter or the chick with the fabric over her eyes. What did you? Uh, what was you painted one from the heroes before this? Yeah. Well, oh, the elf. The elf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, it's John. I painted like one model a month. Keep up here, okay? <laughs> I can't remember all of these models. There's so many. <laughs> I really like those little stripes on his pants and on his shirt. Yeah, I was really happy with that. It turned out great. Yeah, that was a, a suggestion from a stream viewer. His name is Mike Genie, and I was like, I was scared it was going to be a little too gaudy, a little too. Uh, visually di- di- distracting um but you know it's okay it works out you know it it works great because it's not like he doesn't have these big giant pantaloons like mm-hmm. radukar has where if you did it on them it, it would just kind of look overly silly <laughs> pantaloons yeah but it I mean it kind of goes with his glorio aesthetic yeah his yeah. most glorio yes 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 so good job good job That's he's got I a think. lot of snow there so you, you're gonna have to like scale back the snow alter the amount of snow maybe you put more snow on the heroes Heroes. heroes but also the heroes could be in the more snowy bases and then you could have just a little bit of snow on all the bad guys mm-hmm. and that way it wouldn't be a, a big transition yes there's gonna need to be some finagling going on with the snow finagle it all right what finagle your daggle and i also did this i don't know if i should talk about this um it's just a bunch of plastic cards on the table <laughs> it's nothing that i painted but i'm making a scratch build to piece of terrain which is a sci-fi building and sci- sci-fi buildings typically, not all the time, but sometimes are very precise and angular and stuff. Yep. And so I'm trying to make this very angular, nice, clean building out of flat sheet stock by cutting it out on my Cricut, which is essentially a CNC device attached to an X-Acto blade. Um, so you give it a design. I made a design in, in uh, Adobe Illustrator, an SVG file, and then they cut it out. And uh, I'm uh, assembling it and learning that I made errors with my geometry and needing to go back and adjust various trapezoids and octagons to get the get the right shapes. Ay ay ay. Ay ay ay. That 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 deserves a yikes on bikes right there. But I'm using 3D printing, my Cricut, um having a lot of fun using all these different tools uh, to make this building. So it doesn't cut all the way through. No, it doesn't. I could I could um it gets pretty close though. I believe I could have it do another pass uh to make it cut all the way through but it's to the point where it just kind of pops right out okay um i do need to do some cleanup on the parts though you do do i do do it's honestly it's like you mentioned it's like a sprue it is 
in in the fact that you gotta pop each part out, you gotta clean each part, and then you assemble it. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it's like it's like six times as much cleaning. Yeah. Like the outer edge of every piece, wherever a cut is, has some kind of like flashing where like a very small portion of the styrene is on there from where I popped it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a little labor intensive, but I'm excited about the prospect of a totally scratch built piece of terrain. Um, that isn't uh, something that's organic, but something that's like a man-made scale building. Yeah, it's not made with cork and rocks. Yeah, and it's not goddamn cork tower, you fucking heathens. You know what would? Speaking of that, you know what would make this piece even better is it, you need. Okay, you need to once you finish this whole thing. It's beautiful. You need to construct a cork tower on a base, and then just take a picture of it like sitting on top of it, <laughs> like it was this old building on top of a. And like send it out in Instagram like it's completely serious and be like, I created this awesome all by hand, 100%, nothing was pre-made piece of terrain. And then have it be this building on top of the cork tower and just see what people say. (laughs) All right, I'll do it for you, Jim. Yes. I'll supply the cork. (laughs) Lord knows you have it because you're a pleb. I have a plethora. (laughs) Do you know that cork comes from trees? Cork trees, yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's a throwback right this, there. I think we had this oh, conversation yeah. prior on a podcast, and you, you were like... I was blown away. You, no, you didn't believe me. Yeah, okay. You're like, you're effing with me right now. That doesn't come from trees. Does it seem like cork would come from fucking trees? I mean, it's obviously wood material. Is it, though? It's rubbery. <laughs> it seems like a synthetic wood product. Not a real wood there's, product. Uh, yeah. Come on, there's level a, with me here, right? Cork, there's a cork factory where they're just like, what are they making it out of? Old tires and like... Well, yeah, like a tire is a synthetic thing. It's rubbery. You know, rubber is synthetic. It's well, man-made. Try to burn it and find out. Okay. Well, oh, I've never tried that. What would happen? Have you tried that? It's, it would burn. It's cork. I mean, a lot of things would burn, give it enough heat. I know. Would it, would it burn and create a flame? Yeah. Or would it just smolder and smoke well, what it smell like what it smell like burning tires i don't see like the cork that you buy in sheets at the store has got to have some it's gone through some process and there's probably some form of like chemicals or yeah s- you know yeah salinization uh you know yeah science things are done salinization yeah so it probably isn't just like kindling that will burn your house down okay but can you, you can house w- out of cork you can order cork like cork from the cork trees. Like raw cork you're like raw cork raw cork but it's it's freaking expensive for one mm. there's dead the cork trees don't grow anywhere near us they grow in like greece yeah and these things don't grow on trees john actually. <laughs> oh, oh actually it does <laughs> you oh. were just waiting to, I know. to unload I that like, one i was like a smile was increasing i was like yeah. when is john gonna stop talking so i could slip this one in yeah just crank that one out of the ballpark <laughs> i'm glad we took this opportunity to talk about cork it's a, little, it's a little cork detour yeah a little cork tour and yet when you, <laughs> when you buy the cork in the sheets at the store it's dirt cheap What's going on? I don't know what's happening. People are selling cork at a loss. I don't know if they, the cork factory is right across the street from the Grove. <laughs> so, like, they've got a real 
in on all of this yeah. corkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where there's like the guy out there like cutting down the trees with big chinks out there. Mm, we got an order in from yeah. somewhere in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh man, this is not going to be cheap. No, no. You can't slip into the supply chain on cork. No way. The the cork you giants. Follow, you got to follow the rules. Right. Yeah. yeah. The kingpin of the cork industry. <laughs> Dude. That's uh, we need a mini docu series in the cork industry. <laughs> ben yeah. Cantor, we'll color grade it. Yeah. Great. And right. his, his wife can be the producer. Ben has a wife? Is his wife or his fiance? Ben has never, ever spoken to me about his... He mentioned that she was the producer of Sasquatch. Oh, you're right. You're right. I remember that. So we've got a producer. we got a color grader. We've got the talent. Yeah. That's us? That's us. Okay. We are the talent. We have almost everything we need yeah yeah to make this cork docuseries mm-hmm. yeah the cd underbelly yeah because when you see the credits in a in a show there is producer colorist and talent and that is it <laughs> that's it that's all there is the rest you just like i don't even pay attention i'm waiting for the the you know the outro extra stuff from the marvel films that's <laughs> yeah. all i'm waiting for i'm like get through all these stupid people <laughs> all right let's move on here what well, have you painted i want to talk about the see the cork mafia is really the key to this story is the cork mafia in the Greece hills, Grecian hills, the Greece hills, the Greece hills. We could call it the Greasy Mafia. Okay. 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 That's the name of the movie. A little bit of an homage to the Greasy Strangler. Right. But it'll spell G R E E C E Y. The oh, Greasy Mafia. Oh, wow. Yeah. We'll okay. Play on words. All right. This script writes itself. Well, that's I, think, I think a lot of your ideas do that. They yeah, kind of just yeah, yeah. You, they just follow the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a docu series. We don't need a script, so we don't even need that to hire that guy. Yeah, the writer. Writer. You don't need a writer for no a docu- writer. Exactly. We do need a director. Yeah, yeah. Ben can do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ben, you're not always coloring in your color books. You need to help us. Everyone does everything. We show up. Well, one of us is in front of the camera. The other one holds the camera. Oh crap! And we yeah, we, that because we don't have the budget for uh, a yeah. camera guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do the whole thing on like those uh, throwaway uh, film cameras you get at Walgreens. Oh yes. Yeah, we'll you know they'll come together like a scrapbook at the end. Yeah, it'll be like stop motion, <laughs> stop motion docu series. Yeah, where we re uh, like uh, narrate the words that are being said in funny voices. Yes. Yeah, we don't we don't actually have any any Greeks. Uh, in this film, yeah, we're we, in a, we're we in do like all a, the voices. Yeah, we're in like Atlanta. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody, one of the goody peepees, lives in Greece. And there's like, there's no freaking cork trees here. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're somewhere. I don't know where they're at. That's the first step of the research for this film. Where do you have cork trees near you? Kickstarter come? coming soon. <laughs> Be on the lookout. Go fund me. We need to find the cork trees. Okay. This is, I hate this segue. <laughs> I wanted to die. What? What did I paint? Uh, I painted two things. One thing was on the last stream. I did a one-hour <clears throat> sketch of the zombie ape astronaut in space. Yeah. Which is the combination that I of words I never thought I would say. <laughs> zombie ape astronaut. Um, and that was fun to just... Was that do. fun? It was. Just to do like an atmospheric piece. And like it's it's rough and it's tough tough and it's loaded for gruff i don't know <laughs> almost <laughs> almost got there so close uh so yeah that was fun to just knock that out in an hour um and there's a way that like oh it's helping you understand volumes helping you understand light sources volumes and it's not worried about 
details, okay. little things. You're just kind of looking at it through squinty eyes. Yes, the squinty eye vision. The old squinty eye vision. It's a classic way to paint something. Yeah, that's okay. what all the old masters Zombie did. Zombie astronaut ape. Yeah, that was number one. And number two was this fairy dragon eel thing yeah. that I painted. I don't know what else to describe it as. It has a name. It's the something more. Um, this is by Cobra Mode Miniatures, and this is what I 3D printed. I printed Cobra it. Mode. Cobra Mode, which I freaking love their models. So they <laughs> they have a Patreon, and you have monthly releases and stuff. But their stuff is, like, so weird and unique. Um, I love it. I printed a whole bunch of bases, too, because they have monthly bases. And all but one of those went bloop, 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 and fell into the thing and didn't adhere. <laughs> so, oh, the bases? The bases, yeah. Luckily, the giant moray... Um, None of his parts fell in. So nice. I'm like, I printed like three other models too to decide which one I was going to paint. And this in one little dude, which was cute AF. <laughs> he looks like a little, like a tadpole man, uh, kind of like a murloc. <laughs> he looks like a murloc and he's got this like fish hook sword thing. And he's got this big fish in his mouth. He's got this big smile and he's got a big fish in his mouth. He's like, ah, <laughs> it's perfect. He's tiny. Uh, I printed him too, so I do have something else to show in the video. Cool. But this this eel thing was fun to paint. Okay, cool. It was uh, a variety of colors. It was, and uh, I did cut some corners on it because it's big. Um, it's probably corners. like six inches or more tall, and it had two different files. And this was the one that was scaled down. I don't. I didn't look at the other files and throw them on the three D printing software to confirm this but they said this one was scaled down 90 percent. oh so it's a big boy and this one was still six inches tall so i think if you get the big one i don't know math 90 percent seems wrong six inches tall it's like that's how big he is yeah is that six inches yeah jeez but so if you got the full size one it'd be like the size of me <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't know. So you get different sizes of the big eel. But okay, okay. in the after party, I'll talk about some new stuff that I did to help cut corners and actually found some really fun ways to approach things. New that, stuff. New stuff we do each episode. <laughs> That's what I made it. Excellent. Out of the topic for today. We've got a topic that we totally did not come up with 10 minutes ago. Hold on. No, we didn't come up with it at all. It was a user-submitted topic from Jim Cushman, also known as Cushlash. Jim. Jim, Jim, the, Jim. The Cushman. The topic for today is board games that include miniatures. Is there a more eloquent term for this? Uh, Tabletop board games? Miniature no. board games. Miniature board games. Miniature board games is probably close enough. He, uh, he cited in his... Uh, request that we uh, rated miniature war games we should do the same for board games and because John and I have not played a lot of them okay so there's a lot of them there's, there's way more than there ton. are war games right and so we've both played I don't know between five and seven maybe even more yeah and so we're going to go through give you our rapid fire review of all of the board games that include minis that we have played. Yes. And there is a bazillion. It is the in the last like three years on Kickstarter, it's just well, more than three at this point, probably five years. It feels like the Kickstarter miniature board game mine is deep yeah. and flush with jewels. Very flush. And everybody is cashing in to make their million. 
on their miniature board game. Definitely. So our criteria is not just that we played it. We've played it maybe more than one time, enough times to have a good handle on yes. it. Yes. Um, I have a good buddy, Dan, who doesn't listen to this podcast. So um, Dan has a Kickstarter. So read uh, him right now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Dan has a Kickstarter addiction, and he <laughs> buys most of the games oh, that are geez. miniature organs. Oh, geez. And uh, yeah, he has a room in his house. That, a room, a whole room, and it's just these. And he's got like, you know, they come in these big brown cardboard boxes when you get one. Mm-hmm. There's like eight of those just sitting all around that haven't even been opened. Oh, boy. So we have a backlog that, that we play. We play every Saturday um, that we're never going to get to. You you played, so... He's the guy that D&D I play. D&D is every other Saturday. Uh, D&D is every other Sunday. Sunday. And, um, and every every Saturday you play yeah, board games? Yeah, we've been doing this for about a year now. Wow. Um, Like since coronavirus and don't go anywhere, all work from home, don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. And so this is our one thing. Okay. Like, even when D&D had stopped... We had halted D&D. We did this one thing. Okay. Um, and so we just kind of kept it going. Um, I don't know how long, but we've been playing a, a variety of games, but mostly Gloomhaven, which is what we're going to talk about later, too. Wow. But he, yeah, if you can think of it, he owns it. He owns it. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Should we start? Should we stay in a manufacturer? Just so we start with SEMA and then go to GW and then go to... <laughs> I don't always know who made all of these, though. Okay, it doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just fly by the seat of our pants. This is what we do best. Scott. Let's start with the big one that I think is uh, the most prolific uh, board game that kicked off this whole miniature board game fiasco. Zombicide! Zombicide. I've played several versions of Zombicide, the fantasy one. Black Plague? Black Plague. Um, and then one of the current timeline ones, one of the mall ones, um, I played the fancy one three times at least and the fan and then the normal timeline one once, um, I would give this game, what are we rating out of? Are we talking out of about 10 and 10 bananas, 10 bananas. And my scale isn't like the U S grading scale where like, if it's a six, it's a failure, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to use the whole fucking spectrum, not just six to ten. Yeah. Okay. You better use it. How so many bananas are you giving it? Five bananas. Five bananas. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Yeah. Very, I don't want to say very underwhelming, but not like, it just feels a little stagnant, a little stale, a little boring. Maybe because every single one that comes out is kind of like the same style of game with like little tweaks made to it. That's what it feels like. Um, but it doesn't, it kind of feels a little prohibitive. It's not uh, anything too crazy new, and I don't know. I just, I was, I just wasn't like. It was a little. I wasn't. I was whelmed. <laughs> I was just whelmed. You know. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, what's that line from The Office? I'm not superstitious, <laughs> but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I had, I had Zombicide on my list as well. Um, I played the original, the OG Zombicide, yeah. uh, probably f- three or four times. And at the time, it's one of those games that at the time it did things that no other game had done. Right. So it's a little bit hard to rate it that way, but I will rate it from, from today's standing. Hold on. Can we pause on that statement? Is that actually true? So basically the premise of Zombicide is that you are playing as a character. 
in uh, the party of people against the game and you are acquiring gear, leveling up, gaining experience and stuff like that. It is a dungeon crawling board game. Isn't that what Hero Quest is? Uh, well, I haven't played Hero Quest. Yes, it is what Hero it is what Hero Quest is. Okay. I mean, I think it was like the first in this new era that kicked off what it, we have today. It is. Yeah, that's true. Um and so it was it was new and unique in that regard. Not unique as it never been done before. Sure, sure. But just the way that the AI worked and the sheer amount of enemies and that kind of thing. Okay. The system. But the original one did not have I don't recall if it even had leveling up. It might have. You got like a baseball bat or a fire axe or whatever mm-hmm. that were randomly in the rooms and stuff like that. It had very little gear acquisition. It was more a uh, goal based to finish the the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at today's standard, I'd give that one like a three. Like it just didn't. Whoa! It was it the original Zombicide. The original Zombicide. So would you give an expansion a higher go a higher rating? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So um, it, because it just was very within a couple playing it a couple of times, you're like, oh, this is just kind of a different coat of paint on the same pig. It's a little samey same. It right? was very samey same. So hold, rate the best version of Zombicide. Um I haven't played them all. Yeah, the one that you the but one Black you Plague. Yeah. One, it's fantasy setting. Yep. Two, there's a bazillion different characters you can play as and they yeah. all have their own sheet and they have a couple of abilities and that kind of stuff. Um there's a much more focus on gear acquisition. There's more of a campaign mode. There was something that there was a campaign mode in the original, but it was pretty weak and it was you didn't really gain much from going from one session to the next okay and this one had it and i'd give black plague a solid five solid five solid five let's discuss the proliferation of legacy style board games just for a moment yeah is that wearing on you a little bit well can you define that for the audience if they don't know that well le- if when you say legacy legacy means you play through the game once and you physically can't play through it again like you destroy parts of the game you add stickers on the map you do things that cannot be undone yes so i guess what i meant is that it is a campaign style Camp- game where campaign is different than y- legacy yeah. okay so okay the, one can be one but the, the other one is not always the other but essentially what i mean is a game that is played over multiple sessions is not contained in one evening right um and there's different what are your thoughts on that um i think it's it's a natural course of action for the audience that gets into these games just like Agreed. back in back in the nintendo days like one out of five games on the original <laughs> nintendo actually had save progress and and as time went on today can you think of any game you play that doesn't have save progress as a video game that you pick up or get something from where you left off no like it's just become the norm so and I think people adhere to that. They feel like you get something that will stay with me. And so it makes sense to me that a, the board game genre has kind of gone in that direction as well, is that I'm building on something. It makes me want to come back and play it again. It's not just starting from scratch. Um, heck, even for the video game realm, roguelikes are games that are meant to be continually restarted and restarted. But you unlock things through your playthroughs that make can make it easier for you next time or now you have the ability to find this power up later on so even games that are meant to be replayed from start over and over and over have these kind of campaign built in so i thought of one you thought of one doom ultra nightmare 
Do Whenever you die, got to restart the whole game. Yeah, you can't save the game and come back to it two hours later. Uh, you have to finish the game in one sitting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's, that's not different true. than than a hardcore mode. And yeah, there are yeah, games yeah. that are hardcore mode. Yeah, you're right. But I've only ever gotten to level two in Ultra Nightmare, and I just I can't I can't do it. It's too stressful. It just like makes you sweaty. Yeah. Well, like it doesn't feel like real Doom until like the third level because as you play the game you unlock all the suits capabilities and when you have all the suits capabilities that's when you feel like a fucking god Uh, otherwise it feels like you're just trudging in mud until you get to that point is ultra nightmare also harder oh my god in addition to one one life absolutely (laughs) okay like imps like one shot you (laughs) and so like you're no it's very hard yeah do you find that you have to you end up playing this is what this podcast (laughs) is about now do you find do you find that you end up your play style changes in that where you're much more tentative and not just like run yeah. into the room and like Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely way more defensive. Lot around the corner. Way more looking. like just like there's a lot of kinds of moves in Doom, but like you I do a lot of surveilling movement in yeah. Doom where I'm like running around a pit to see where the best entry is, what the the demon to kill next is. Whereas when I'm playing in like like a different one, like just nightmare normal. Like I'm just I'm full in just slaying one demon to the next because I don't care if I die. You're just r- you're running right yeah. in. And like it's... whoever is in front of my gun dies next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I totally get that. I totally get that. Okay, all so right. that's Zombicide in a didn't talk about it hardly at all kind of way. Yeah. All right. Cool. We discussed Zombicide. That one's out of the way. Five out of five bananas. Five bananas out of ten. Five bananas out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the next one on your list? Don't oh, look at this. We've we already freaking doubled up because we both picked Zombicide. Good. Um. Yeah, I mean, I could pick more uh, from Simon. Um, Hate was one that I got and played a lot of. Another uh, campaign-style game. The way the game is played is you play... Uh, uh, one session is two games where one, you are the attacker, and the other, you are the defender. And I'm guessing they do that for balance reasons because whoever gets to go first uh, has an advantage no matter what. Mm. Um so they uh, they split it up into two different games. Um, that makes the play sessions kind of long. I was in a campaign and like we'd, I'd go to fantasy fight to play in that campaign, and like like one match, I guess you could call it, against a person would take like I don't know, maybe three hours. Whoa, maybe two and a half hours if you're faster, because after each session, then you also go back to your village. You have captors. You can either cook or torture those captors for different kinds of resources. You can cook. You can eat them. You can eat them. Um, Jesus. And you can like upgrade your village to give you a more magical ability. You could upgrade your village to hire people. So there's this very uh, and, and, and also if one of your guys dies, you got to roll on a wound chart to see what actually happens to them. Um, so there's a game outside the game, and then the game itself is kind of long. Mm. So like a session. So it's kind of a long playthrough. There is a one-off mode. And I have played that as well, and that's pretty fun. Um, so that's kind of like the overarching game. So it has like a, it has the actual uh, battle phase, and yeah. it has yeah what I would call a settlement phase. Absolutely. So there's kind of this resource management mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff that goes into how you approach the game. And this is a not a cooperative game, no. but a one v one one v one competitive. Yeah. Game. I like how all the tribes have a unique identity and how they play. Um, it makes it a lot of fun to try out different tribes. And so I have one that I like a lot. Um, and then my friends have ones they like a lot. Um, so that's fun. It makes it feel like like 
like you are home or you own something. You have like an identity in the game. Um, that's that's really important uh, to me. Like I uh, I don't know why, but it just is. Like my my relationship with whatever I am using in a game, mm-hmm. like. In Dota, I don't play characters that I am not aesthetically attached to. Mm-hmm. Like, Lesh is a very popular mid player. He's a fucking centaur. I hate centaurs. <laughs> I'm not going to play Lesh. It's really weird to say that out loud, but it's true in all games. Um, and the gameplay itself um, is pretty good. Uh, it feels rough around the edges at points, um, but otherwise is pretty balanced. Um, not super complicated. So it doesn't require like a lot of rule diving to understand how everything works, which I think is pretty normal for board games in general. Like the rules aren't too crazy overall. Um, now before you get the bananas, yeah, I want to, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Do the tribes feel fairly balanced in power level? Do they feel like there's one that's just like, oh, they have this ability, which is really strong. And yeah, no, they don't. The, sorry, they sorry, they do. Uh, there are maybe a tribe. I think there's six tribes or more. There's maybe a tribe or two that feel like they're underpowered. Sure, but there isn't one that's like, wow, I want to be that guy. Um, and I think I've played against all them all, other than maybe maybe like there's like an expansion one where like there's like a salamander like people oh salamander people yeah so i haven't i don't know about that one but everything seems pretty in line if not there are some ones that are a little weaker okay i'm ready for the bananas i'm stuck between six and seven okay we'll say seven fuck it um seven out of ten bananas seven out of ten bananas so you enjoy it you don't like dream about it think about playing it strategize list build figure out all your goodies i mean like i did for a little bit but like i haven't in like a year yeah but like that's the seven right the seven is like you get invested but yeah. you're not you know. i haven't painted some of the characters for it. i painted my shaman and my champion for my tribe bulgar i'm sorry what was that b-u-l apostrophe g-g-a-r does the r make a sound i think in this world it does okay yeah sure i'm I mean, making that creative choice okay bulgar it's gotta be like tribe like you know yeah yeah, okay? yeah it's okay yeah. you can't say it's like it's like vulgar with a b bulgar <laughs> Who says that? You know? You know? All right, your game up next. Let's go. All right, I'm going to also sticking in the uh, Simon one. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Category is the game I've probably played the most. No, definitely have played the most out of everything on my list. Mm, I know what it is. And this is Massive Darkness. You ran me through one of, I played through one time at Adepticon, right? Yeah, we like were, at two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a cooperative game where you are the heroes and you are fighting evil things and monsters and orcs and skeletons and goblins and whatever and big bosses. And it, um, I've played it the most, not because it's the best one on here, but because my daughter likes playing it and. I got to finish putting together these damn Cursed City models so we can play that instead. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a, a, probably a pretty nuanced opinion about this game. Cause yes. You, you've, I mean, what? You've played it like 30, 40 times? It, yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a fun beer and pretzels game. Yeah. So it is... Uh, we There is not really a campaign mode. There is, but it's so half-assed. 
Um, and they didn't really think about it. They didn't put a lot of effort into it about what carries on. What they did was they're basically like, oh, um, you know, instead of X, you get XP, you level up. They, um, instead of like, oh, you get 10 XP to, to level, if you do the campaign mode, it's like you only get one XP. They basically just shorten the XP meter so like you slowly build up your power and get new abilities. Um, you spend XP to buy powers. Kind and of then, interesting. Yeah, and then each and then the powers are locked by level too. So uh this power could cost twenty XP. I could have twenty XP, but I have to be also be level three to buy it. So it kind of slowly gr- grinds you as you go through a single mission. Um and also when you level when you're drawing random gear and you're drawing the random monsters that are spawning, they then uh, level as well. Mm-hmm. So once you're level three, you'll be drawing like gear from the level three deck for treasure and stuff. So your gear will go up. So there's this natural leveling in a single session. Even it's really weird, but um, it's really cool. Um, and then the random monsters, roaming monsters that come through that are like big bosses and stuff. At a base level, it's a very fun game. It's pretty easy, but still has some decision making, which I enjoy in games. Um, the, the balance of the game is terrible. Like Mm. very early on, like when you first start, you can get wiped in the first fight or the first room or whatever. Um, if you're not careful pretty regularly, which I like, but the problem is, is about 30% into the game, you are a God and nothing can really kill you. And so then it's just like, oh, let's just get all the chests and see how stupid strong we can make our characters. Yeah. Which is fun, but it doesn't make me want to get back to it. I would not have played this game more than probably 10 times if it wasn't for my daughter wanting to play it. And right. I, I'm fine with that because it is it is okay. Now, sure. I did back Massive Darkness 2, which I haven't got yet, but the, the things that they're talking about is improving and focusing on the things that I find is great faults, which the community um, was very vocal about in the game, in the the shortcomings as well as i'm sure them learning from other games they've built and other games that are successful what things can you beg borrow and steal and i'm all for that because so many of these games are building off the shoulders of other games before them and it's just making them all better uh overall the, the minis are nice they're they're seem on quality but they're, they're my they're <laughs> you my know what? we haven't discussed the minis in any of these games no. yet. Zombicide minis are terrible. Simon in general have gotten better over time. They have gotten so better. So the newer the Simon game, typically the better the models, just in general. The yeah. concepts are always kind of like pretty the yeah. same. The Black Plague heroes, a lot of them are really cool concepts and really really cool sculpts. Yeah. The shortcoming is mostly in the the product used to make them. They're the, yeah. the bendy plastic. Yeah, it's it's PVC, yeah. Um and um Massive Darkness is the same way. They are really cool. Really, they're right in my fantasy niche. There's a lot of classic stuff with a slight twist. There's a lot of Castlevania esque style monsters and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, and this next one, Massive Darkness Two, is focusing on the light and the darkness. So there's angelic and there's demonic, and both are bad guys. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Um, the minis are I. I love for this game. So that gives it a higher score for me than the actual game itself. 
because um, these are the kinds of minis that you could use in any D&D campaign or whatever right, kind of yeah. game you wanted. And I felt like I get more out of it because of that. I think you have two painted by me. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's probably more than I've painted from the <laughs> box. That was a super old uh, speed painting video that I did after I learned how to speed paint for the first time, like how Rafa does it. Mm-hmm. And so I tested it out with those models. And they turned out great. Yeah, they turned out pretty okay. Great for the speed paint. They like. It, it, it worked. It yeah, worked. Yeah. Thank you. I still have them. I'm going to sell them on eBay after this episode. <laughs> um, I I give this. Can we do halves? I'm going to be able to do halves. See, but then then it's a scale out of twenty. Yeah. Okay. 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 I give it a six, 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 six or seven. That's where you're at. No, 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 no. It's five or six. Oh, five or six. I'll give it a. No, I'll give it a five. It give it a five bananas. It does not hold up over time you will get bored of this game very quick so i played it and i was like this is a reskin zombicide uh that's what it felt like no i mean it, no? it kinda, i mean you could tell like it took some core elements some core gameplay elements yeah like 80 percent of the core elements <laughs> the actual combat itself and the actual how the monsters work and all that kind of stuff is different and okay. then they have the big boss things in there which all have their own unique abilities and spells and powers and stuff okay um also a cool thing in that game is that Monsters carry loot, and so oh, that's cool. Um, so when you kill Very a wow, yeah, when you kill a pack of goblins, they'll have an item. Also, the cool thing is, is the leader of the group wields the item. So if it's an ice sword, and you go against them, they're stronger and could do more damage because he's got an ice sword. Okay. But if you kill them, you get an ice sword. Nice. Yeah. So that's a nice little tweak I liked. Again, five out of ten. Good game. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. What's, what's your next one? Uh, I want a quick backtrack to hate. Talk oh, about the models. models. Yeah. Uh, so they're all hand sculpted by Patrick Masson, uh, who's a French person. He's done a lot of really good uh, sculpts. Like he's in like the Spectrum Awards for like the best miniature sculpts. He's a serious sculptor. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the individual chaff models have, uh, they're con- they feel the same. Mm hmm. I will say you can definitely see a theme. There's yeah. a theme in each tribe. Yep. Um, but when the the game really comes alive, it was in the Prince models. Oh, These yeah. chunky 54 mil tall models where like the PVC casting quality doesn't really matter that much because the scale increases. Yep. Those models are fucking sick. Yeah. Um, I filmed footage a long time ago of me receiving and opening the Kickstarter box for hate, like acting excited and stuff. And I kind of want to use the footage because it's like two years later. Like <laughs> I actually paint, because I love to paint the prints for the, the, the Bulgar tribe. <laughs> okay. Um, Cause they're really nice models. They're very characterful. Like they're, they don't feel like your typical board gamey models where it's just kind of like phoning in the design and the aesthetic uniqueness to the world kind of thing. They yeah. don't feel that way at all. Yeah. Um, also, the game has like a Mortal Empires esque game element to it, where and we play in a campaign, you you control more zones of whatever remaining, whatever is remaining of Earth, and the more zones you control, the more power your tribe has. And the whole point is to get a certain amount of zones, and so you can control the tyrant, who is this mercenary who's super fucking good and only works with the people who are strongest. Um, what it showed i know it's a little bit lame because it's like you're already the strongest and now you have this imbalanced prince essentially on yeah, your team it feels snowbally it's, it's very snowbally um that, that is a problem with the game but it's still cool to like like see your empire grow and um, that was a cool element element of it It'd be cool like if you were the one, you had one territory it was like x number of battles through the game if you have two territories or less you get the the 
other badass dude is like, all right, we're going to turn this thing around. Yeah. That would be cool, too. Yeah. An in-game balance mechanic. Yeah. You know, because we're game designers, and we know how to make everything great. Exactly. Uh, okay, real next game. This is a little bit of a stretch, but not really. It's called Relic. Relic is based on a board game that, at the moment, is escaping me. Of course it is. But it's a 40K variant of this game. Now, I have very fond memories of playing this game late at night with my friends. And essentially, there are three rings in this game. And as you go in, so in toward the middle of the game, the game gets more and more challenging. And it's Monopoly in a way where you roll die to see how far your thing goes. And your thing in this case is a bust. It's a bust of a 40K character. Um, and you can go either direction around the circle. And you land on a thing and you have to fight. Typically, you have to fight a monster on that square. So you kill monsters. You get experience. You get equipment. And eventually, when you're strong enough, you go to the inner circle. And then eventually, when you're strong enough, you go to the inner, inner circle, which is the eye of the storm. It's the, it's the chaos warp. And you have to go through all these chaos demons to get to the very end. Um, this game takes a fucking long time to play. So it's a one shot through to play. Yeah. Sit down and finish it. It's like you and three buds playing it together. Um, and it takes a long time to grind your character to make it feel like it can go in the second ring and not just get totally shit on. Because mm -hmm. um, when you die, that is it. You got to restart your character. You get a new bust, new stat sheet. Oh, no. Maybe you keep your items. I, don't, I can't remember. But it sucks to die. And so it feels like when one person goes into that second inner ring, everyone's like, shit. Like the clock has started. So then oh, everyone jumps in because, like, if you, I mean, like, who cares if you die? You're going to lose either way. Oh, sure. Um, so it's the first to, to beat the Eye of the Storm the, is the yeah, winner? Yeah, exactly. And the, the person at the very center of the middle, the, the big, big boss, is it changes. You draw a random card each time and put it in the center. So that's kind of fun replay value. There's an expansion called Nemesis where there is a fifth player who can work against you. Oh, God. Which is like. The game's already long enough. Like, do we really need this element? <laughs> we need more shit in here. We need, yeah, we need more obstacles. Um, is there minis for all the little the enemies? And no, whatever? they're cards that you draw. the The only models are the characters that you get to play. Um, so this is Monopoly. It is, yeah, in, in a way. Is but Monopoly I, Adventures. I, I am shoehorning it in. <laughs> yeah, next on John's list is Monopoly. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's called Relic. Based so much on the 40K. detail on this thimble, like the detail sculpted. Yes. Fine pewter. Yes. No, okay. The, the, you, these are paintable. I, I know people who have painted them. Okay. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, David and Michelle. David painted the bus from Relic. I bet he did. David. Okay. I'm trying to remember the freaking name of the game that is based. Oh, Talisman. Talisman. Every, I've heard of that. Every goody PP is screaming their heads off. Talisman is a more generic 40K, a more generic fantasy version um, which, you know, dragons and wizards and knights. Of so Island. they just got the f Warhammer IP and reskinned it for this. Yep. hundred percent. It sounds so riveting. I can't wait to try this game. Never times. I would say, I would say unless like you're prepared to spend like four hours with some Doritos and some diet dude, just sitting down with the boys playing some games or the girls. Uh, it's not like really worth your time. I would give it a four out of ten of bananas. Four bananas for you. It does feel very repetitive. Uh, like once you've gone around the circle a couple times, there are some interesting gameplay mechanics where you can like land on certain 
you have like a home world on the board where your character starts and that home world has like cool abilities and stuff like that um but otherwise it's like okay i landed on a monster it's a blue a red or a yellow monster i gotta fight it i kill it or i don't kill it and if i kill it i get xp and i get gear and i get stuff and i level up and i get more hp more stats etc etc et um it's it's okay are you still talking god that was yeah. so boring <laughs> Like, this game sounds terrible. Four bananas is sounds like a little bit of a, a little bit of a luxury. <laughs> I'm giving it four bananas because of the good feels. Good feels. Okay. Yeah. There's a nostalgia factor built into yeah. some of these kinds of games. Yeah. For sure. Um. You my will. next one is by Steamforged Games. It's called Guild Ball. Dark Souls. Ooh. And uh, it is a board game based on a video game. Do you play that video game? I have played quite a bit of Dark Souls in my day. And do you like it? I, I really like the Dark Souls game, video games. Is that going to affect your opinion of this board game? Um, That's okay if it does. No. I mean, it, it, it influences how I view the game. Because they what they did is they, they took how Dark Souls plays as a video game and tried to replicate aspects, some major aspects of the game. Um, and put them into a board game setting. The models are not very good <laughs> at all. Like, so there's the general little bad guys, there's your heroes, and your heroes just are all the same looking dude, um, which is boring because you're playing with two, three other friends, and it's like, which one is mine? <laughs> you put these little green or red or blue circles underneath them so you know which one is yours. But you're, they're not even like, give me the dude with a different weapon or something. Anyway, and the, the bad guys, normal models are kind of lame. The bosses are big and pretty cool. They're very Dark Souls-y if you like that aesthetic. They, they're really cool. Again, probably like the hate ones, they're at a bigger scale. So the PVC that they use is not so bad. But they're not as... Even then, they're not that good. No, they're I've not. I've seen them. Um, It's like the, the problem is, is that they were designed to be replicas from the video game instead of making a unique sculpt that was purposefully designed to be played at a certain scale of a certain game. Like the hate dude design. Like it wasn't like creating a character concept. Oh, and later on, we're just going to put it in a game. So that's what they do with dark souls. So they, they're just not as cool because much of dark souls is in the ambiance of the game. Not so much. The particular uh, highly detailed, interesting kind of looking monster. The game itself, why it's kind of it's cool because it feel it's very deadly, um, but there's a lot of mechanics that work in a video game that I don't really like. In that, so you have these uh, bonfires um, that basically is your where you save the game in Dark Souls. Um, you can only save at Dark Souls while sitting at a bonfire, and sometimes you'd be going through you know half of a level and, and then until you get to another bonfire so it's it feels more deadly it's like you can't just restart from your last quick save or whatever mm -hmm. you have to go all the way through the stuff um but there's just one bonfire in a level of the dark souls board game and it's a, usually it's at the beginning um all the games that i played it was at the it's at the very beginning and so if you need to reheal um you know because you got to the boss like the boss room is next but we're all almost dead. We better go back to the bonfire and reheal so we're ready. When you do that, all the rooms that you went through that had monsters respawn the oh monsters. Oh my gosh, that's so annoying. It is rough. Like the game give does a good job of the 
kind of merciless feel that Dark Souls has as a video game. It's like, it's a grindy game that you're going to die. It's very hard. In its normal difficulty, that game is difficult. Um, and so it, it gives that. The boss fights are kind of cool. They they stole stuff uh, from a game that I'm going to talk about later um, in how the, the boss monsters move. And they have It's a more dumbed-down version, and, but they have their own AI cards and you don't know necessarily what move they're going to do next. Okay, um, kind of like almost like D and D in a way, where you don't know what the things do to you. Yeah, and you you learn it. You learn what some of the moves are over time. You know what to try to avoid. Don't stay in its front. Blah 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 blah. It's weaker from the back and that kind of stuff. So that part of it is cool. It makes the bosses feel fights feel unique, feel epic, and it really is a game that focuses on the big crazy boss fights. But you kind of get ground down in the very monotonous stuff that doesn't really change when you're going through the regular rooms going up to that. So it's like you figure out what works. You figure out how to kind of game the system. Not not cheat, but it's like there is a there is a better way and a wrong way to do most of the things to fight in regular rooms. And then you just figure it out and you rinse and repeat because it's kind of the same through all the rooms. Um, so overall... It's a solid game. It's got more replayability. It's got the whole campaign modes of going through all the bosses and all the levels and that kind of stuff. So I give it a six bananas. Six bananas. That's that's the highest score you've given out so far. That's highest one. And that's mostly just because it's the only one so far that like the replayability is higher. Okay. 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 We have a guest on the podcast. Random dog run down the stairs. Hello, bullet. We got something for the bullet. Um, Okay. Let's discuss Blackstone Fortress. Oh, I thought you were going to have this one on, and I've never played this game, so uh, I'm interested to hear. I ran a little campaign uh, with the boys, my friends, and we played probably like six, seven sessions. Okay, that's, that's seshed it up. That's a good enough experience to really know what you feel about this game. Yeah. Um, so I read the rules uh, very in, in a cursory way. And I was like, oh, it's five player. Cool. So I'll invite five friends over to play this game. And then I, read, and so then I invited them all. I was like, hey, let's do this thing. Pick out your character. Uh, so I had some guy that picked their character. I picked my own character. It was fun. I was like, sick. Okay, cool. And then I read the rule book. And I was like, okay, the fifth player is the bad guy. And I was like, shit. Okay. Oh. So I'm the bad guy. Whatever. I don't care. But the, the annoying thing is that even though you are the bad guy, air quotes, the whole, the bad guy, all the, everything it does is scripted. It's designed to play with Without four <laughs> with four players where the bad guy is is AI. It's just it's it's an NPC. You're not supposed to control it. There are instances where there are choices. It's okay. So here's an example. You got this dude. He's got to move toward the closest enemy. Both paths you can take are equal hexes. You get to pick. And it's like Jesus wow. Christ. So <laughs> The, the fifth player is not really a fifth player, uh, so it's really a four-player game. So the moral of this story is read the rule book before you invite your friends over. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Read the rules before you make choices about who you're inviting over. Yeah. Um, the uh, the rules are a little confusing. Um, there are a lot of phases to the game, very similar to Hate, where so you go down into the Blackstone Fortress. Everyone's floating in their ship above. You go down to do a mission and you can stay down and do as many missions as you want. Um, 
in the Blackstone Fortress. And then eventually you can end your gaming session and go back up into the, sh- into the ships. At this point, you can use your credits to buy things. You can fully heal. Uh, in between uh, normal matches, you only do it like this uh, half version of healing. Um, and like that whole operation is a little bit confusing to understand. I don't know if it's a rule thing. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, I really like how the the initiative works in Blackstone Fortress. So you have four players and you have a certain amount of mobs and evil characters in an area. And you randomize, you put them in a deck. Each one has their own card. And you randomize them and you shuffle it. And you flip them out on a track that goes from 1 to 10. And you follow that track in terms of who gets to go first and second. And before you play, you have these things called gambits. Where you can uh, use a resource to like cut ahead. Or you and another player swap positions. So like depending on what is best to go first... Like, say, okay, we can handle the the Chaos Space Marine going first. Like, we're not going to die. That's fine. Let him go first. And so there's, there's a fun, like, strategizing before the game that occurs. Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. Um, uh, as a whole, the gameplay feels a little restrictive. But, you know, that the, the less restrictive it is, the more complicated the rule set becomes. Sure. So it's kind of hard to find like a middle ground. So it, it feels a little restrictive, but it's okay. The models are fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, like we shit on GW a lot, but they make really fucking nice plastic models. Yeah. Um, very nice. Um, they're all push fit models, so you may or may not hate that, um, depending on who you are. Um, the, push fit, the thing about push fit is push fit is at the end of the day, it's still just an option. You can just snip off the little, the little pushy fitties, right? But it's still it like a real man. It still implies something about the bits, right? It's not, it's not kit bash friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's it's definitely not. It's possible, but it's a extra layer of work to make it work. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's it feel, it's okay. There, it's not as, it's not the greatest miniature board game I've ever played. It's not the worst. What did I give? Hate a seven. Okay. Seven? I give this one a six. I want to play hate more than that, but only a little bit more. Okay. So it's not it's it's definitely better than Zombicide. Yeah. I might give hate I'll give both seven. Both seven. Both seven. Last one's a so, seven. Cause, cause you, I mean you get you you get you get you get to give some extra bonus points for the quality of the miniatures yeah. too. Like I yeah. think that, that to me it's like I, yeah. Spoiler: Neither of us is going to have Curse City on this box on this review because we haven't played it yet. Yeah. But I don't care if the game is a five. I mean, I do. I don't want it to be a five, but I will still be like, these models are all sweeties. Hell, I I'm okay with it. Yeah, I feel but, like it's a good purchase. Yeah, but you will only play it like five times. Curse City. No, uh, a game that is a five. That yeah, has that's true. Models. That's true. Unless your daughter likes playing it. You play it 50 times. <laughs> All right, your turn. All right. My last two, I am both uh, actively playing right now. I have current campaigns in both of these games. Why are you doing both at the same time? Uh, two different groups. Yeah, but why are you saying both at the same time? I'm not going to say what they oh, okay. are. This okay. is a lead okay. in for this one and the last one. Oh, okay. 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 We're going we're gonna to end on the, the, the big monster in the room, but we're going to start with gloomhaven now gloomhaven has miniatures it has miniatures for all of your characters 
Um, and then it has cardboard standees for all of the monsters. Um, but there's a lot of different characters. I think there's like somewhere around 12 to 15 and they all have their miniatures. Some have two if they have a pet or whatever. And the quality of the miniatures is terrible. I mean, not terrible, but not good. Like it's, it's, it's a step below, um, Simon. The original Zombicide Simon? They're about the same as original Zombicide. Like the detail, the actual like design and sculpting, they literally look goofy as, as crap. Um, but the game is so stinking good that I don't care. And in theory, if you had actual minis or used minis that you already own, the f- game could fully be used with miniatures. It uses a grid and everything. It just did this because the box is already massive. If you had all the miniatures with it, people probably would pay another 300 as opposed to the original 300 I think the game costs. But um, it is so well designed. The gameplay mechanics at the table when you're fighting is so unique. There's so much strategy involved. Each character plays entirely different. Each character you can level up to level eight um, has all these options every time you level. So your, your abilities are a deck of cards, but it's not a deck that you randomly pull from. It's a deck that every turn you can do two actions. Each card has a top and a bottom to it. Okay. You have to play one card with it. You're using the top action. One card you're using the bottom action. And so each card has two different options. What are you going to use? Whatever in any given turn. And then they go to the discard pile or the burn pile. If you used an ability on there that caused you to lose the card forever. Mm. And uh, each card also has an initiative marker on it. And that is the number that which you will go in the round. So there's another level of complexity of, do I want to go slow? Do I want to go really fast? That's going to influence my turn, what cards I pick. Maybe it's not the most optimal two cards, but I need to go fast, so I have to make concessions. Um, and also that deck of cards is a second form of your life total. So every time you go through your whole deck, you lose one card permanently. If you do a short, if you do a short rest, the card that you lose is random. If you do a long rest, which costs you an entire round that you're doing nothing and your buddies are fighting and you have, I'm long resting. I'm going to sit in a campfire in the middle of the fight or between rooms. Then you get to pick which one you lose. Eventually, those go, go to burn as well. If you run out of cards and you can't play two cards in a round, you're dead. You also have a life point total too. So you can, if you take damage beyond what would drop you to zero for every damage that you take no excuse me an attack that drops you below zero you also burn a card how do you get the cards back um there are some ways to get cards back from discard once a card goes to burn it's gone forever you cannot use it for the rest of the adventure so the game just gets harder as the game goes on as you're going through a dungeon there's this constant ticking clock of we can't just dick around that's stressful and it is it, it, it in a good way. It is, yes. It it puts some some pressure on you to not lollygag. Yeah, that's that's important, I think. Um, but then there's this whole system around the characters of retiring characters, um, where you have all these different kind, not all these different kinds of quests, but you have an overarching quest for this character, and then you can retire them. You complete that quest, you unlock different new characters that you can play as, and they start at. You don't always start back at level one. If you've progressed so far, you could start back at level three. And 
every time you level and I said you get new cards, you get a choice of which cards to add to your deck. And then you have to remove one because your deck is always staying the same size. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these builds and how you're going to have abilities work with other abilities. What different things does your party need? Do we need more support? Do we need more tankiness? Do we need more AOE damage? Whatever. It is D&D the game. It also has this giant campaign system with a major plot points, minor plot points, side quests. There's like 90-some quests in the whole game. That's why the box is so fucking huge. Yeah. Um, story. You can get this um, app that there's a overarching story that you read um, where you're doing things as well as story that you read in the, in the start of every uh, session. And there's an app where it's by a... a professional like audio book reader that does all the narration for you so there wow. is a real story for this whole game that you care about it's really interesting what's going to happen with this and your de decision trees do we go this way do we go this way it's going to be something we can't undo this is a true legacy game it's got a big huge board on it and as you uh, discover unlock whatever new areas you're putting new stickers on the map you get new achievements as a party campaign achievements you're putting these banners stickers on the map um you're putting when you you can upgrade your cards you can spend money to make this instead of it making me jump five squares i can spend money to make it jump six squares that's a sticker that goes on the card and so if i retire this character and i play him again later somebody else plays him again in the same campaign it's st that that sticker since I bought it is there. It's now better forever. Um, it has some bit of a settlement phase, but it's not a lot. There's all there's so many different slots of gear, and and based on what kind of builds you want, how you want your character to play, you buy certain items, you use certain items, that kind of stuff. Um, it's amazing. We've played <laughs> last. I think last week. I think we hit. Sesh, we played through 46 or 47 wow. adventures. Yeah. We are to the point where we could finish it in the next week or two if we want it. But there's other side quests and we're trying to uncover other things. Um, we have unlocked every character. Um, and so, yeah, it's amazing. I want to play this game every week. Every time we sit down and we play a session, I want to play. So, um, wow, that's so cool. The only thing that holds this game back is if it had like if this game had gw miniatures for all the enemies and for your characters this would be 11 out of 10 this game would be bananas um but the fact that it has miniatures means i can use it in this list <laughs> of course um, of course and the miniatures are garbage and i still want to play this game more than any board game more than age of sigmar more than any miniatures game that i've ever played it's a 10 out of 10. It's this, a 9 out of 10. It can be improved, right? It's 10 out of 10 to me. Okay. It is not what there's nothing that would be a 10 out of 10 otherwise. And movies get a 10 out of 10. You just described what would get a 10 out of 10. That I, said, I said that it would be 11 out of 10. Oh, but see, now you're cheating. No, I'm not cheating. You can't go outside the 10. Sure, you can. You've <laughs> never given 110% before, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cl cliched coach quote. Hey, I need you to give 110%. Okay, okay, okay. It's a 10 out of 10. I I don't Yes, there's things that are going that I think could be improved upon. But that's nitpicking. There's nothing in life that is perfect. But we have the option to give a perfect score. We have the, apparently we have the option to give something greater than a perfect score as well. Yes, we have this option. He, this guy just said nothing. I was perfect. He just gave it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 
<laughs> that's that I'd give it would a recommend. If I say like somebody said, "Hey, we want to we have a group and we want to play a game uh, you know, once a week or once a month and get together whatever, what game would you recommend?" I would recommend this game every time. It's better than all the other games. Okay, that's fair. I played one session of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, there's more to this game. I don't understand what's going on." Mm-hmm. That was that was my impression. And it's it's very complex, but it's very simple to play. And it's like you cannot understand all the mechanics and the nuances of how to approach a battle or character build or whatever and still have fun and still really make a very interesting sessions. And then you'll just kind of uncover things and you'll learn things. And so it's not just stagnant from a game system. It's it's how I want to play, how I want to play my character, you know, what kinds of items do I want to buy, what things should I save my money for, all that kind of stuff. Quests, side quests I'm working on. So I... It could it could be a nine out of ten, but I'm I just I'm I would be nitpicking, and I'd rather if if we could do point fives, it'd be a nine point five. But I would I would put it closer to a nine point six than a nine point four. So I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. It's a nine out of ten. <laughs> no, this fine. is my number. You make your own number. <laughs> okay. You sit in your land of sixes and sevens. I have I have one that's higher. That I, I'm excited to hear about this Warcraft the board game. <laughs> no, it's not that. Uh, okay, next game is the game that I have the most minis painted for, and that is another Simon game called The Others: Colon Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, you have to say the colon. There's a colon in there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, you usually talk and say, and then, comma, I went to the potty. I do. Okay. The potty. Yes. As in, like the bathroom or like the party. <laughs> Uh, the party. I, I go to both. Okay. Same time. I party in the I go, potty. I go bro. to the potty in the potty. Yeah. Um, this game is a uh, one player plays with the bad guy, and everyone else is cooperative against that person. And you actually have the ability to make choices. Um, unlike <clears> another <throat> game. Um, the monster it, uh, does feel uh, strong. Uh, the demon player, uh, and I think that makes sense. It's a post-apocalyptic sci-fi universe where everyone is playing as a mercenary who has questionable morals, and everyone in the world is like growing tentacles and getting all fucked up because questionable mushrooms. God has left this universe, John. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> and uh, sin is proliferating, and everyone's getting messed up. Okay, so it's a very, it's it's very grim. And very dark. Oh God! It God. uses a lot of streaking guy. <laughs> yeah, big time. Uh, one of the characters is a vampire, actually. Ooh! Uh, I wouldn't have known that uh, if the lore didn't say that, because you can't tell from the model. Uh, well, that's okay. Uh, this is a little, a little bit of an older Simon game, so the models are uh, a little sus in terms of their quality. But sure. it's okay once they're painted; they look fine. Yeah. Um, the game has balance issues. Um. It just and also the game has like a lot of weird rule loopholes that are like need to be like FAQ'd, but like no one FAQs a, a yeah. board game really, other than maybe like Gloomhaven, which has like a huge following. Yeah. Speaking of, are you getting Frosthaven? Or yeah, your, my, your my friend, buddy your Dan. Is, yeah, oh yeah. Right, you got he got the freaking all in like twelve hundred dollar package oh, or geez. whatever it is. Okay, okay, okay. So <sighs> we'll be hearing about that in the future. Yeah, this is what we'll be playing. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
I like I love the story of the game. I love the concept art. This is the, one of the first times where I was like super excited about a game because of the concept art itself. Ooh. But the models didn't really live up to the concept art. Bummer. It, yeah, like if I show you the concept art for the vampire lady, it's fucking awesome. Ooh. Um but yeah, uh I like the game a lot. I always want to play with my friends. They never want to play because they feel like it's a bad game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They're like, oh, God, not that game again. A lot of good replay value because there's tons of different scenarios. Scenarios get more complicated and more difficult as time goes on. There is a campaign system if you want to follow it, and it goes all the way to the end of the world, the apocalypse. Oh, baby. Um, So it's fun. It's fun. I like it a lot, uh, but the gameplay could be improved. A lot of house rules are needed to make it feel like it's not like, this feels lame, you know? Um, Simon is is notorious for that, or once a game launches, you just don't hear boo. I know, yeah. You know, a lot of these smaller companies or creators that stand behind are really do that for their work they you know they'll make announcements and they'll have official stuff posted and, and pinned on their website mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff to help mm-hmm. you it doesn't exist with cma yeah so. maybe it i don't know maybe it does we're just not looking in the right place i looked a lot for massive darkness stuff and it basically came down to you crowdsource it from the facebook groups and see what other people have done in this situation and okay. see what seems best for you okay I, I could be wrong it might exist but i've never seen anybody reference an official <laughs> page or update from the creator yeah, like link something or something yeah all right and now I'll, you mentioned i was from the land of sixes and fives and sevens i'm giving this a six out of ten <laughs> yeah. i like it i like it more than a six um but i know others don't and others likely will not so i'll give it i'll give it a six yeah, i'll just, temper my score with what i believe the audience's score is you're stewing in the land of mediocrity so i that. am i am i know what your last one is i'm gonna listen i'm gonna go look at my closet and see if i forgot any i know there's one left that i like a lot okay okay you're gonna get out of the sixes i'll be getting out baby six 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 (laughs) sign of the beast okay the last but certainly not the least the one that you've all been waiting for or probably not is kingdom death so i have an active kingdom death campaign going and i will say this this game is brutal it pulls no punches it is set out to murder you you will not survive this 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 game it's not about whether or not you live or die to win because you will die. That's going to happen. Um, you can't get too attached to your character because they will get their throat ripped out and they'll die after you got new cool items and you got this new feature uh, that made you better with dual wielding swords or whatever. You're freaking dead. You're dead. Bye. Start a new one. Um, the point of the game is to survive for 30 years. The point of the game is that you are creating a civilization, and that civilization needs to survive the darkness of Kingdom Death. Okay, so it's Don't Starve, the the board game. (laughs) Yeah, Don't Starve. Um, But you have to go out from your tiny civilization and collect resources and hunt monsters in order to stand any chance. And sometimes the wanderers will show up at your door and murder you and or your entire village. (laughs) So when I say you need your civilization to to survive, there is an entire uh, settlement phase, which is super cool. 
and you can build new things. You can be able to get resources to be able to build a blacksmith. Now that you've got a blacksmith, now that you can actually make stuff with metal. Or now you have the leather worker shop. Now you can actually do stuff with some of these hides you've been collecting. And it's all, the settlement phase is very interesting. It's, um, it's the way that, although your characters are going to die, our settlement is stronger and the next man up or next woman up um, will be better prepared. If somebody dies, you don't lose their items. So you get to keep all the gear. So it's it's it has feel bad moments in this game for sure. Where it's just like we had one where we were stalking a white lion. And that's the first boss. Yeah, it's the first monster you hunt. And you're going across this hunter's um, board and you, you have to like catch up to it so you can find it and kill it. But at each pass, um, you, you flip different event cards and stuff. And one of them was uh, there's four of us playing. That was like some kind of a pit trap or something that was we didn't notice out in the fields. And you all had to roll a D10. And Josh rolled a one. And he fell face first into a pit of spikes. And he's dead. He's just dead. <laughs> we hadn't even gotten to the fight yet. And then... We have to continue on the hunt with three out of four people. And Josh has to sit there. Uh, and we can go back, right? You could go back to town. But each time you go do a hunt, it's a light year. It's considered one year has passed for this advancement of your settlement and a major monster that you hunted. Okay. And so the clock is always ticking. You only get 30 years to try to make it to the end to fight the last dude. And you fight him at the end, like it or not. And so you're about making babies, okay? That's the name of this game. <laughs> is you got to hump as much as possible to make enough people in your settlement so when everyone's dying, you got other people to come up. Hold on. Is like humping actually like a... Yeah, it's, a, a, it's an event. Yeah, it's called intimacy. Yeah, and then you, you can get other characters that make you better at intimacy. Oh There's bad things. Like gosh. if you roll back when a baby... But everything is death in its doorstep. When you when you ha do an intimacy, which uses a resource, you can't when do you an do time. an intimacy. Yeah, these are. Is that what you had talked to your wife like? Yeah. Hey, honey, you want to do an intimacy? <laughs> I'm feeling ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After after one too many uh, white claws, that's how it goes. <laughs> um, and so when you do that, which uses a resource, you can't just like have them popping out like bunnies. Um, you roll on a table. And if you roll like a one on a D10, not only is the baby dead, the mom and dad died in the act. I don't know how that happened. What the oh, heck? God. So you're losing people. But like if you roll like a 10, they're like a they're like a marked by the unknown gods child. And they start with like, like superpowers. Like okay. one of them, we had this little girl that was born like this and she got like two or three extra abilities. Like she's got some kind of crazy regeneration or whatever. So we named her X-23 because she's like nice. the little Wolverine child. And so I got her in my back pocket. If things are getting dire, I'm bringing out X-23 and she's just going to rip out throats or whatever. Okay. The game is so complex. It's so fun. It is not for the faint of heart in terms of rules. It's not something you're going to sit down and, and beer and pretzels play this game. It's, yeah. it's very, very complex. The rule system is more complex or as complex than any like Warhammer 40K or Age of Sigmar. Um, very, very complex, but very rewarding in that depth. Um, the actual fights itself. The fights are so epic. The, the way that the monsters rule, 
work, the way that their abilities work. They're so unforgiving in, in, in everything, but you, you kill things. You The fights are always very dramatic. There's so much action. There's Things are moving all over the place. The lion's screaming through past, knocking you over. You got somebody shooting arrows while the other ones are trying to get up and get to it before it rears again. It does reactions. Every time you do something, it's not just an us and them combat. It's like every time that you attack uh, the monster, um, there's still a chance like it can counterattack you back. So it's always doing things. It's not like four of us go, one of it goes. Right. Um, and so it's it's super fun. Um, again, very very disheartening. Um, the models are out of this world as well. So the models are, I I would consider them on par with Games Workshop in terms of the actual quality and the unique design and aesthetic. Some of the monsters are just kind of weird, like the giant baby on four legs with the thing sticking out. Gorm is his name. There's some of them are really weird, but it's it has its own aesthetic, its own style. Like there is Kingdom Death style, you know, like it looks how it looks. Yeah. Um, and not a big fan of all the uh, nudity and the women are have a certain look to them, which is very sexified, which I'm not a fan Fixified. of. Intimacy, intimacyified. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's part of it. They want you to get ready for intimacy. So they have the minis look like that. But they're coming out with men models as well that are equally sexified. So I guess that's what they're going to go with. Equal sexifiedness. Yes. Their levels. Uh, um. Great game. I don't want to run back to it as much as I do um, Gloomhaven. Okay. The run back meter. Yeah, the run back meter is is slightly lower. I think the fact that I can't really... It was a really weird feeling, something I've never had with a miniature war game or miniature board game, is the feeling of, oh, crap, I can't get too invested or too excited about my character because I'm going to probably die. And I really don't want to die. Like, there's this whole other thing, too. It's like, well, the next fight we're doing is the first time we've done this hunt. We don't know how tough this thing's going to be. Right. We're not bringing out the A squad. We're not bringing out our people that have these other abilities and stuff that make them stronger. We're bringing out the B squad. Okay, we're going to arm them. They're going to be, they're going to be give enough to to still pull off a win. But if they all get murdered, we got the A squad. (laughs) (laughs) We have this rotation stuff. It's, it's just all this kind of sub connection of the game. Um, I give it a, I'm going back and forth between eight and nine, but I would say nine. It's a it's a solid nine. It is an amazing game. It is a very expensive game, and it's not a game for the faint of heart in terms of the wallet. Um, in a lot of the expansions, you you're hard to come by, and the markup is crazy on the, on the aftermarket because uh, Poots and the Kingdom Death group is does amazing stuff, but it's always as soon Limited as it comes edition. on sale, it just gets eaten up by collectors and stuff. Because the, the quality of the minis and stuff is amazing. So. Yeah, the game is plastic and the models that you buy that aren't part of the game are resin from what I understand. And the plastic quality is a little touch less crispy than the resin stuff. Mm. And it depends on what kind of resin. So like the photo resin that they do has, it's very, very fine lines, but there's print lines on some of that stuff as well. And it's, and it's fragile, but that stuff is usually like it's collector based. You don't need that for the game, whatever, but all the expansions and all the other add on things, um, that you can use with game content. That's the other cool thing. They're always putting stuff out that's got game content, new cards, new abilities, all this stuff. This game has got like 900 cards. I mean, all the equipment, all this. I mean, it's it's, it's massive. So nine out of 10, nine final out of 10. answer. Right. Nine bananas. 
But I mean, if it was Kingdom Death model with nine bananas, you probably wouldn't want to see it. No, I give it nine would bananas. Would not want to. There probably is one that's nine bananas. Yeah. Now, because I think Forge at least God. one, at least Forge one, God. at least one person, maybe multiple that work, uh, at King for, that make Kingdom Death listen to the podcast. So they're gonna go back to the boardroom and say, "Hear me out, guys. Bananas. Nine bananas." <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, that's good. Let's whiteboard this. All right. <laughs> All right. Start with the bananas. Okay. Bananas. Uh, draw, around, draw around the bananas. Okay. Okay. What do you think? you think bananas? Banana bread? Monkeys? Uh, banana pudding with slipping, vanilla wafers? Slipping on banana peels? Yeah. Mario Kart? Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. This Red an, shell? Okay. This is an idea right here. Uh, Elon Musk as Waluigi. See where we're going? No. You no. just you just you just forced that one. No, I was just I was just going. No, I was thinking of a Mario Kart red bananas. Yeah, but where did Elon Musk come in the banana? Wario, Wario. Oh, he is Wario. Why is he Wario? Is that is the skit on Saturday Night Live when he hosted? It. Oh, okay, that's and the it connection. Was horrible. Okay, <laughs> okay. He's a genius, but he's not a funny man. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, you got one more. Yeah, one more. All right, let's hear it. Let's get out of that six 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 land. All right, it's another Simon game called Blood Rage. Blood Rage. I this, forgot that this wasn't the exact same game as the other one. Totes different. Totes my goats? Totes different. This game is a really good game. Um, it's a, it's Viking uh, aesthetic. So if you're a fan of Valhalla and Mjolnir and Thor. and Can you do a Viking uh, accent for the rest of this review of this game, please? No, I cannot. I think that you should do it. That is Swedish. Well, the Vikings were from the Swedish Isles. <laughs> the Swedish Isles. <laughs> All right, anyways, this game <laughs> uh, is really good. Um, there's a card drafting phase for each age of the game. I thought you said car drafting. Yeah, that. Like I pictured NASCAR. Yeah, you have to pick the team you want to invest in, and then how they re- their results will impact your performance. No, Uh the game, the map itself gets smaller and smaller. Every single age, which there are three of, there is a Ragnarok phase where one giant part of the island explodes and everyone in it dies and goes to Valhalla. Dying and going to Valhalla is kind of a good thing for a lot of people. Oh, um, it's fun. Um, it's fun to die and go to Valhalla. I mean, Vikings are all about dying in glorious combat. So that that theme is definitely threaded into the, the mechanics of the game. Nice, nice. So you start age with... You start the age with a drafting phase where you pick your cards, and these are battle cards and quest cards. Quest cards like get you points to win the game, get you VPs, and battle cards which are used when you're fighting. And the battle cards are all different. They're not like I have the highest number, I win. Okay. Like they they all have different methods of winning a battle. So it's fun. There's like there are if there's, if you go for a low key strategy, it's tricky. It's not about having the most power. It's about kind of usurping, coming behind, and backstabbing. You can go with the Thor strategy, which is about having the the most strength. And then there are there's there's different strategies, so it's fun. That's cool. Um, then you have like the actual playing phase, which is the combination of moving troops to different regions, fighting over areas like Idrisil and Jotunheim, and all these very Viking. Oh, you very much so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously you can hire people. Uh, you can hire uh, different, like you can hire Valkyries. You can hire other classic Viking lore characters. Join your team, um, but it, it is a landmass control game like uh risk. like risk like uh katan hmm. plus murdering oh yes okay so i'm it, in and it feels super balanced um there are three 
resources in the game, like rage, helms, axes. They determine how many dudes can be on the board at one time. Rage is how much money or currency you spend on doing actions with your army. Uh, and then the last one is how much points you get when winning a battle. Um, but yeah, it, it, this is a game that is like, for me, it's like a gateway game to miniature games. Mm. It's like, I can take someone who's like, like my wife, for instance, she doesn't love it, but she'll play it. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, seemingly enjoy it. Um, it's fun. The rule set isn't super complicated, but it, it feels like there's some depth to it. Um, the models are fine. Uh, I have no problem with them. There is a, a clan that I like the most, um, and I enjoy playing it. I would play it. I've played it 20, 30 times. Do, do you, are you drawn to that clan because of their play style or because of the aesthetic? So the play style is the same for every single clan. Oh. What determines the play style is the drafting phase of the game. Oh, okay. It's okay, so okay, exclusively okay. the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. It's all about those looks, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like that game a lot. In between an eight and a nine, um, I'll say a nine. Because really the only way the game gets better is with better models, better model quality. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a nine. Like John should have given Gloomhaven. Because Oh, my they- God. You're going to say that Blood Rage and Gloomhaven are in this are, are equal playing field. You are uh, out of your GD mind, Scotty. Well, I haven't played. I played Gloomhaven a little bit. You haven't played. Blood I haven't Rage? played Blood Rage. I have not played it. So like, S my D. <laughs> you do sucker. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll give that a nine. Um, this, this reminds me when you're talking about all these different uh, CMON games today that how that company operates. <laughs> so you don't. It's not that they have. If the CMON game at a certain level of quality, a certain kind of game, or certain whatever, they have like contractors that are the actual game designers and game makers, and they reuse them for a lot of games. Yes, but there, there's not, there's so all over the place because CMON is the producer; it, they physically make the product. Yeah, but the actual game design can vary so greatly. Yeah, based on who that design team actually is. Yeah. Um, which is weird, and I don't. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that it kind of makes you. You don't know necessarily the floor of expectations. Yeah, like Butters is definitely the best team on game I've ever played. Yeah, and I played quite a few, um, like a lot, lot of one offs. Yeah, that's yeah. our list. Those are all the bananas. We have no more bananas to give. Quick shot. What are games you played one time but don't have an opinion on? Oh, and I, I the village attacks. Remember. I don't remember. Uh, I've played a game called Folklore. I've played so many with Dan one time, and they're not that good. Okay. Um, I I can't recall. Do you remember playing The Village Attacks on my birthday or your birthday, where it was like you play as the villains, and the villagers are attacking your castle? Oh, yeah. As opposed to the reverse, which is normal? Yes. That was okay. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, didn't play it enough. Models suck. They yes. suck. Um, and then there's a game called just called Zombies. <laughs> you play it, it's just a thing full of zombies, and it's a, it's like a terrible like offshoot like generic serial version of Zombicide. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember, I sold it at a garage sale, so I don't really have it anymore. But I played it one time. Like this is horrible. Yeah, zombies. It's uh, called Zombies. Zombies. Well, I mean, like you don't need anything else. Uh, Castle Ravenloft, the uh, board game version of the Ravenloft oh, D&D yeah. story. I ever played that. That was okay. That was an earlier like board game D&D thing. It was okay. Um, it was interesting. The models were also terrible. I'll play, I played a different Cthulhu one. 
where one of you, I can't remember what the name of it is called. Oh, is it House on Haunted Hill? I don't think this has miniatures. It doesn't. It does. have, oh, it does have miniatures. They're like, okay, if <laughs> it's like a one out of 10, they're, they're terrible models. Yeah. Um, but we're like, somebody's the bad guy or something. The it's traitor. Just, he's the traitor. Yeah, I played that a couple times. Yeah, that game was stupid. It's quite, it's quite loved. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. See, I played, uh, what was the last game you rated? Kingdom Death. Kingdom Death. One time. Yeah. Well, how did you feel after, after playing that one time? I saw, I was like, I could see the bones that it had or how it could be cool. The actual play experience one time through, I didn't have an opinion of whether I loved it or hated it. But I'm like, oh, I can see how this would really work and how it it checks a lot of boxes for me personally of the resource collection and building up your settlement and investing in certain things and, and crafting new gear and all I like i love that kind of stuff yeah i didn't i personally don't i don't i'm not seeking out that game to play mm-hmm. yeah but i only played it one time so it's not not a fair ass- assessment you don't know how many bananas like how many bananas no. no i mean like i know literally how many bananas some models have but not <laughs> you know rating on to the newsy news of which there is there is some newsy news thank you jim cushman for the topic thank you jimmy jim cushman's out of real talk so white labels which which i feel like the acronym is still being decided on sbg is it it sbg is it something else i can't think of right now vincey v says it's sbg but that makes Vince no lays sense. the law. Vince lays the law down he for, does. The, for he AOS. Does. Okay. Yeah, and so I guess that's what it is. Uh, but that SBG means that you're taking Soul Blight and taking SB and then Grave Lords and just taking the G. SBGL? Yeah. SB- I've seen SGL. That's yeah. the other one. Okay. Yeah, it falls in the same thing. Which makes me think of MLG, which is Major League Gaming. <laughs> kind of like MLB. I like how your like how your brain works, Scott. It does. I like how it works. It All does, right, so it does work. I uh, by the time that this podcast episode gets out into your ear and face holes, um, I will have co-hosted uh, Warhammer Weekly with one Vince Vincerella in the Soul Blight Grave Lords review. So if you're interested in that and you want to see me and Vince talk, head over to Vince Vincerella's YouTube channel and check out that. So we're not going to go into deep, deep into the nutsack of this uh, thing, but. <clears throat> All the models have uh, been released at this point. I've placed my order. You got some coming probably tomorrow. And I don't know when am I going to get mine because there's a shortage and crap. Might not get them till June. But uh, overall, how pumped are you? Are you, are you ready to do this thing? Uh, I My hype has died down since they were first revealed. Um, I am definitely going to buy the Blood Knights, the Bat Hair Lady. Uh, the direwolves. Uh, I think that's it. Maybe some zombies, just because the ones that come in Curse City are all gravestone boys. Yeah, and the the box is twenty zombies in a box. Oh, nice. So, okay. Um, unfortunately, the minimum unit size for zombies is twenty. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's more of a me problem than it is a model problem. I'm definitely gonna buy the the book. I'm definitely gonna play the army. But my hype has gone from eleven out of ten to like a six, seven out of ten at the moment. Yeah. I was telling Vince, I was like, I don't like it that you see the thing two months before you can buy it. That yeah. for me, that fucks me up. I would, I would have bought it on the spot. Okay, I'm very impulsive. Um, but now I'm like, okay, 
Okay, whatever. It, it'll be there when I want it. You know, that's right. how I'm thinking right now. Right. Yeah, and then like by the time the thing does come, they might have spoiled some other new thing or new army or new book, yeah. whatever. So you're like, oh, maybe maybe I don't want to buy this. Maybe I want to do that instead. Like, yeah. So there's pros and cons to doing both methods. Yeah. Um, but but, but I mean, not- from them making money, it's not a good thing because then you're like that hesitation goes like, well, maybe I'll wait. Yeah. Maybe well, I'll wait. Maybe I I'll just wait. I work. I don't know if you work the same way. Are you less um, hyped? More hyped? How's your hype? So the, it's there was oh there's two waves of my hype. <laughs> okay, there's the initial announcement and and like model reveals not everything but a bunch of stuff. It's coming, Buyakasha. Let's do this, Buyakasha. Yeah, I'm jumping off the roof into the pool. That's where I was at. Um, and then time goes by and you get some trickles of maybe a one new release or some little stupid little articles they post on their. Warhammer community page that don't tell you much of anything and everything is like is under the microscope but you can't see the full picture so you don't know if, if anything they share is good bad or otherwise right um and then the pre-release date comes and you see all the boxes and you start seeing leaks from the book or whatever and my hype train starts to come back up it's not as high as it was at the beginning okay, okay. so if my start was a 10 i'm dipping i dip down to like a five and then now as they're about to hit again i'm probably like a seven Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. What did you? Uh, where did you? Did you? You pre-ordered stuff. What did you pre-order? Uh, six boxes of zombies. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> you already got your fucking like like. I'm gonna ram, lamp, slam, jam somebody, right? You got your nutty list, don't you? No, I don't. I don't have necessarily a nutty list, but zombie- well, I mean, why are you buying six boxes of zombies? Why are you buying six boxes of zombies? That sounds so terrible to paint. Oh man, that's a video in there, baby. We're fucking jumping on that goobs grot that train, goobs, baby. That goobs night goblin yeah, train. Baby. Hell yeah. Okay. We're going to do that. Uh, but there's no, as the way the rule is right now, and I think that they will keep it, uh, zombies can get bigger than their starting unit size. Very nice. So I, I, I need a lot. Uh, also, they're cheap. They're one of, the, one of the best war scrolls in the book. They're a battle line. Their skeletons are kind of crap now, which sucks because I own 100 skeletons. Um. See, this is what happens, John. I know. Let's take a let's let's learn a lesson right now. So I ordered I got the the new centaur vampire. I got one of them just because I wanted to. I got you know the Belladonna, Lady on Wolf, Old Lady, Lady on Wolf, Wolf. Radicar the Wolf, coolest looking model in the whole army. Um, uh, one box of Blood Knights, just because I want to have for sure one box. I might end up making lists or have more. Uh, Bat hair Lady. I ordered the Rat Prince, even though he's garbage. I didn't order Mirror Lady because she's even more garbage. <laughs> but um, yeah, a box of wolves. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so a lot. Everything. Uh, and the book and everything. The, and the War Scroll cards. I didn't buy everything. I, I didn't Not order the dice. the dice. Wow. You got everything but the dice. Yeah. And the oh, dice. And, the, and, the, and the pointy hair lady. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, pointy hair lady. I didn't get her. Yes. I I think I got one of everything else pretty much at least one. Uh, I I I Can did order a direwolves? I did yeah I got one or two boxes of direwolves coming. I did order a fell bats because they're freaking cool, but they're don't you have curse any? terrible? Those are bat swarms. Oh, but I suppose you could use them because really they there is no bat swarms in this freaking edition. So you could just say S my D. I already spent money on bats. So, I'm using these bats. Okay, I have this vision. There are a lot of cool death models that aren't part of Curse City. I have this vision of this really awesome big undead army that has like the sepulchral guard from 
uh, from Cursed. Nope, from Warhammer Underworld, and it has the uh, the Briar uh, Queen and all her stuff, and some some Ghost Boys, and and the Cursed City models, and the new Soul Black River uh, things, and the old Vampire Count things, and this huge, just fucking undead army. I can see it in my mind, and it makes me really excited. Are you gonna paint on that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like maybe in like two decades. Okay. Okay. When like yeah. you're version reti- four of you're Soul gonna Black re- you're gonna retire out. when you're 45 years old. Then what are you gonna do with all your time, right? Uh, play Dota 2. Oh. Actually, probably Dota 6 by that point. <laughs> Dude, no. there's. It's still going to just be Dota 2. Mark my words. They're not made putting and another I'll st- one out. I'll still be playing it. Yeah. They've put so much in well, at this point. Why would they do anything more? Uh, there's no League of Legends, too. Why would they? Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. anyway I'm, I'm kind of hyped. Doing my list buildy stuff. Trying to figure out what combos were. I'm going to ask you to build me a Castellai list. You're going to give me it, and then I'm going to play that until the end of time. Oh, God. That's how the game's going to work, okay? Okay. Uh, maybe, well, Vince will help, too, because Vince... Vince will help, too. Yeah, Vince will help. I don't want to think about list building. Dude, that's the one of the funnest parts. I know it is, but I, I ain't got time, okay? Got, it just doesn't take that long. You need yeah, to read the book. Does. You need to read the book to know I'll the read rules. For, I'll read it for the lore. And Oh, God. <laughs> I just ripped all those pages out. I didn't even look. Oh, just so it's easier for me when I open my book to get to the shit that matters. Uh, Those three pages in there that matter. I, I get it. I get that it matters. I get the enjoyment of it. I would totally be into it if time was no object, but it is an object. That's one thing I choose to cut out. Yeah. Well, I think like it would help you in decision making, but not only necessarily list building itself, but like understanding the intricacies of how your army works. So on the table, it's more in mind to decision making. I just learn while playing. I lose a lot. You know, yeah, that's I mean, how that's, it works. That's, it's like, wait, what are my stats? Oh shit, these guys suck. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's transition to the announcement of Age of Sigmar 3.0 is coming this summer. We all knew it, and now it's officially announced. Um, there are going to be some changes. Uh, there's rumors on changes, rumors on battalions all going away, no longer existing, um, and new 40k style battalions that anyone can get for CP kind of stuff coming in. Uh, other stuff like that. Are you care one way or the other about this announcement at 3.0? The only thing I fucking care about, okay, is it's the double turns not going away. I don't. I don't fucking care. It's the same game to me. <laughs> as long as that fucking stupid rule is in the game, I will think of it as the same fucking game. Okay, it's shit. Okay, Vince, I don't fucking care about any any wizardry way you have to explain how the double turn is a cool thing. It doesn't matter. It sucks. <laughs> There's no confirmation one way or the other on that. Or if they've tweaked some things on there, there is talk of of there being more decision making factors in the decision of going first or second if you win the cool i so, see i see that as a change to it yes that's i don't care about the act of rolling for going first necessarily but the decision is pretty binary it's pretty obvious whether or not going first or second is a good thing for you in my opinion and it's not always yes i want to go first okay but the decision is pretty it's pretty simple and it shouldn't be simple i don't know i know if you go it's it, okay because i know you okay, okay you don't need to know all right it sucks. It's yeah okay. Uh, so there's. I think anytime they're going to put a new rule set out, there was a massive jump. I don't say massive. There was a fairly large jump from the rules from AOS one to AOS two in tightening 
and refining and making a tweaked better game. So I'm because of that we have a track record of that and we've seen how the new edition of 40k has gone a similar road to just make a tighter game rules system wise. Yeah, but we we also need change. Yeah, and that's not the the turn thing. That doesn't need change. Whatever. But like the game needs to change because it won't. It'll seem stale otherwise. Hmm. Right. Well, new armies, new rules, new books, new models, and stuff keeps it that somewhat yeah, but, but not everyone like buys the new armies no, when they come out but right? like who you're playing against and what kinds of things that their stuff can do and yeah you're, i mean you're right but your book your army is getting a new book yeah i mean very unfortunately soul blight grave lord's book is legions of nagash 2.0 and i hate that but that's what it is um so your army just got a new book you got a couple other different models you could get you could play your whole army with models you already have like you that game is changing there too i don't know i i'm excited we don't know a whole lot just yet but i'm excited for the uh potential uh you're making some bullet holes in that uh i don't know what thing. i'm doing right now yeah, just, i'm just going you know, flow state i'm just I'm uh what else we got for newsy news uh golden demon officially coming back to adepticon 2022 Did I do yeah that's that's kind of kind of I'm gonna say out of nowhere, but just kind of like jumped into our laps that they officially announced that, and that is yeah. I guess we kind of assumed it was gonna happen because like they were going to go to the 2020 Afticon, and then I was like, just kidding, because yeah. um, obviously, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was I was kind of we thought that was gonna happen, but it was interesting that they announced it. Yeah, it's just kind of the first time things happen with the haze slowly lifting off the pandemic right it was like when's what's the first thing going to be it's the first con the, the first big tournament the first whatever by your local region or um you know by your whole country or somewhere else in the world when is that bubble gonna pop and and them i mean we're quite a ways off them committing to that right i suppose that so yeah is is pretty big like i don't think they would have i don't think there was any pressure for them to make that announcement unless it was um, through Adepticon saying, you know, for our planning, their big planning starts May, June for the March event. So they probably need a lot of things, you know, kind of figured out right. this time. Yeah. So, so they made that choice. They made that choice, which is great because it it, it implies then um, all of our wonderful people from across the pond will be able to come. Because if a company is bringing their staff and product and everything that's traveling... And other companies we have booths and events and that kind of stuff from Europe as well. So it, to me, it also implies a more truly melting pot event that it always is, is people from all around the globe that okay. are coming to it. So okay, okay, I like okay. that. You know, I think it's great news. I'm excited. And it's only going to crush my hopes even more when it doesn't happen. So yeah. It'll happen. I've put it into the universe. I've used all. You my- are, as the kids are saying manifesting it oh is that thing is that thing people say it's i mean it's like i want a thing to happen and so i'm going to act and think like it is going to happen and i'm manifesting its existence with my brain i'm gonna win the powerball you're manifesting i've manifested it yes yes i'll send you all a can of mountain dew if i do diet dew Right? Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. There is only one. All right. Last thing. Scott, why don't you tell us a little bit about this uh, this wet palette? Wet palette. 
palette. We got a new wet palette. Oh, and Scott actually has one. Apparently, people think Scott is special. What, what kind of... Look at all this garbage. So, Scott is currently opening a drawer, because you can't see, or here. Uh, and he is bringing out two things that appear to be the exact same freaking thing. I could only tell which one is the new and which is the old by the, the same size. You got big boy version on both. Big boy version of both. Give it a flip around. This is the wet grass. Look at the bottom. Wet grass palette. Yeah, this is all the exact same product. This is the new 2.0 Everlasting Wet Palette Kickstarter live right now. All right. And we're going to open it up. Scott, looks like you haven't used that one in a little while. Ooh. You can't open it. I got it. I got it, guys. I got it. Note the rubber gasket seal around the lid. Again. Exact same. For... No fucking reason. <laughs> no, we want all the moisture to not get anywhere and to just completely overhydrate your paint. Again. Okay. So well the okay, so really the the short story is that nothing about this palette changed other than the paper, supposedly, and the sponge is, is definitely different. Is that that's like softer, right? Doesn't it seem softer? Yeah. It's too it, again though, this is too thin. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, it is. Maybe it, it isn't. It, it doesn't. Okay, yeah. It, the thicker the sponge, the and you had you got space. Like this thing is taller. You know, the yeah. sponge could be thicker. It doesn't matter. Okay, double up. Can you just like double you slap could. it? You could, and that would work, hundred percent. Um, yeah, they could do that. Yeah, they have a new palette. The paper is now reusable. I feel like the old paper and even just normal baking paper is reusable to a certain extent. Did you get some of the membrane? I did. Does it make you insane? So this stuff is supposed it's uh, it's called redgrass membrane hydration membrane. God damn it, I love it. Let's are you gonna use it and reuse it and see how that works? I can't remember which one's which. I think maybe this, this is the new one. This is hydration membrane. Oh, okay, that's the membrane. This is the sponge. Oh, you got an extra sponge. Yeah, they sent out uh, and also some clippers. <laughs> Fuck that! You just chopped off your nards with. <laughs> I'm going to call you Nard Dog from now on. Nard Dog. Uh, yeah, you try this out. You double up. Put on the slappy membrane. Um, so apparently, the, so for those that don't know, this stuff is reusable. So the membrane or what you yeah, usually use baking paper or parchment paper for. Um, you can take it, rinse it out in the sink, and like squeegee it out, take all the... I don't know if the thing would still be stained or whatever from your bright magenta paint or something. Yeah, it probably would. But... That probably isn't the end of the world. Yeah, it probably still would work. But again, I feel like you can do that with normal paper. Eventually, does it? I mean, I just never even tried. I don't even know. <laughs> I have like rinsed off normal baking paper before, and it it, it kind of works. You know, you could do it a couple times. It really depends on how dry the paint is, how long you let it sit on there. Like if you did it after a session, it, it'd come right off. There'd be nothing left. Um. But yeah, whatever. Okay, long story short, I gave RGG Red Gas Red Gas Games Red Grass Games a list of feedback about why I thought a lot of their design choices made no fucking sense, and they didn't change a goddamn thing about what I said. And I don't care; they can do whatever they want with their product. That's fine. But the guy who reached out to me about the product was like, "I appreciate how candid you were about the feedback." Um, would you like to try out the second one? And like to me, the implication in his message was that we maybe improved a little bit. 
All right, we're back from a little doggo break. Danimal the Manimal showed up, and doggies need to let us know. So, yeah, there's Redgrass Game 2.0. They did not take your advice. They it's just, fine. Again, they don't need to, but no. it just seemed like they were going to. But uh, Kickstarter's live now, and if you... If you're into it, you're into it. You're into it. And a lot of people seem to be into it. That's fine. Yeah, a lot of people like it. So. Yeah. Cool Cool on you. Cool on Jewel. <laughs> Welcome to the end of the podcast. This is really the end. We're not joking. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever joke about the end? I don't know. Okay, that was a joke. Welcome to the end of the podcast. Uh, we we love that you were here with us and listening to us speak. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we, you, got, you, got, you got board games that you like. <laughs> you like some board games? If you disagree with our ratings, let us know in the comment section. I'm sure people do. That's fine. That's, how, that's what makes this special. 10 out of 10. If you got games that you like that we didn't discuss, let us know so we can find them. Show us your tens, your nines, your eights. Leave the sixes at the door. Yeah, we don't the want your dog, We don't want your dog shit games. Yeah, we don't want those six, no six bananas. And you have to say bananas, otherwise we're not going to know what you're referring to. Yeah, if you don't see nine out of ten, we're like, what are you talking about? You yeah, say nine, nine out of ten, ten bananas. Bananas, please, please. please. Okay. If you want to support the podcast, there are many ways you can do that, both free and not free. A free way is to enable ads on our podcast. We play three, or typically one every 30 minutes in a podcast. You can whitelist channels with various add-ons on Google Chrome and Firefox. Firefox. <laughs> he was my favorite character in Robin Hood. Yeah, so you can you can whitelist our channel, watch ads uh, for us, and then for no one else because you only love us. Yeah. You can also uh, that's it. Uh, that's the only <laughs> you can tell you can tell your nerd friends about our podcast. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube, etc. Non-free ways you can buy merch. John is featuring our logo on a T-shirt. Looks very nice. They are on Teespring. Link in the show notes slash description if you're on to the tubes. And lastly, we have Patron. And on Patron, you get access to a extended episode, which took me 30 more minutes of content, which includes talking about new things we tried and failed at in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Talking about painters that we admire and the works they have painted in yes, the last sir. two weeks we've discovered. And also giving feedback to someone in our little goody peepee community. All the goody peepees. So as a patron, you have the ability to give us a model for us to give feedback to and also to suggest topics like today's topic. Right. The we Cushman. would never have had a great topic like this. If it wasn't it, for Cushman. If it wasn't for Cushman Zada. Cushman Zada. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is it, John. Do you have any parting words for ah. the people? Uh, the, I like shouting in this mic, and I don't know why. It's because we're we're so hungry and we're ready for tendies. Yeah, we're like uh, we are twenty minutes over what our normal recording time is right yeah, now. Yeah, we got a long one for the goody PBs today. <laughs> so be good, be PP, <laughs> build a cork tower, paint it like a clown fiesta, <laughs> clown fiesta, nine out of ten bananas. <laughs> and until then, we'll catch you on the flippity flop.